Good day and welcome to Podcast in the Woods, everyone. I am your host, Boomer, and joining me today is a very special guest, the amazing and talented Candy, the final girl from House, oh, sorry, the House that Screams War podcast. It's uh, good to have you, my friend. How are you doing today? I am groovy. How are you? I'm doing so well now that we are getting this kicked off. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I had your wonderful husband on the show last week, and uh, man, he did an awesome job promoting your show. But just for anybody out there that was that missed last week's episode, why don't you tell us just a little bit about the show and where they can find you? Okay, I like to give like the quick overview of how the show came about um, when I have the chance to do this. So, I uh, my spine went out on me, and uh, I now use a wheelchair for most things and I was like I can't stand to be idle and I was like what I, I what do I love to do talk and what do I like to talk about horror <laughs> and music which I, I bring up on the show a lot but so I created the house that screams and I said hey Sean guess what we're doing and he was like okay <laughs> <laughs> but now he's really into it so because um, we that is something that we naturally have done over the years so the House of Screams was born that way, and we've gotten amazing friends over the years. Like we, you can, you can actually listen and hear our relationship grow. So that we're all best friends, we're in a group chat all together. But I try to streamline my links because we have a million. We have a store where we sell teas and all that stuff. But the link tree is link tree slash candy the final girl you're gonna find our twitter which i run you can tell because there's like you know a hello kitty sometimes pops up or whatever um that's me and uh i'm mainly on our twitter at house underscore screens and um on instagram at candy the final girl where i put together really fun promos for the show awesome and yeah guys those uh, all those will be down in the description please check them out. This has been one of my favorite shows for the longest time, uh, even before oh, we connected awesome. on the socials. Yeah, uh, I, I stumbled upon that, man, a, a while ago, probably about a year and a half ago, I guess. And and it's it's a blast, just the dynamic between all the hosts on there. And I know the joke continues to be made, but yeah, it's probably the, the biggest the biggest podcast out there. Uh, I think they're up to there seven, eight, a lot of us. <laughs> seven, eight, nine hosts or something like that. But, you know, you don't lose anybody. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's so much fun. So please, please, please go check them out. I, man, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Well, today, my dudes and deadites, it's a very, like I said, special episode. We are going to be talking about schools. And I talked to Sean last week, like I said, and that was probably the most metal fucking episode that I've done. And I told Candy that this is probably going to be the most fun because today we're going to be talking about Night of the Creeps and Psycho Gorman. Well, it wouldn't have been as fun, but, uh, but Candy kind of vetoed my first choice. <laughs> well, it was by accident. <laughs> not track that movie down i really wanted to watch it because i was like looking into it but i could i can't find anywhere usually like my my last bastion is amazon prime to rent it and they were just like nope <laughs> yeah no i uh yeah i tried to choose i tried to choose death bell and you know guys you know me i'm a i'm a stickler for asian horror and that is some amazing cave horror so if you haven't seen that one check that one out but yeah it's it's kind of hard to come by i've I've got a lot of physical media, so I got that one on 
on Amazon, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely hard to, to find on any streaming service. But like I said, today is going to be a fucking banger. Night of the yeah. Creeps and Psycho Gorman. And I have a feeling that this is going to probably run long. So I don't want to. Uh, with me as your guest, I can guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do too much intro. So why don't we just go ahead and get into it? Let's, let's do this. All right. Which, which one, what are you doing first? Oh, I should have told you. I didn't even. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Night of the Creeps first. Nice. Because I just rewatched it for the 80 millionth time last night. So that's great. I did see that. Yeah. I, I saw that and commented on it. So yeah, Night of the Creeps, man. That's, that is so much fun. And it's funny because as soon as I told you what the, what the episode was going to be on, you instantly, I think like within two minutes, you got back to me on the socials and were like, okay, Night of the Creeps. So why, why this movie? I, I just love this movie. It is really, really good fun. And back when we did live shows, which we did a lot last year, we, we just, I, it's hard to organize that many people. That's my job on the show is, you know, we're in a group chat. We talk every day, but everybody's got, you know, their own schedules and life outside. And, and I record like a maniac. Like sometimes Eric and I will do three shows in a week with Ghoul's Night Out added. But we usually do about two shows a week, and it's just got harder and harder to do the live shows. But the Night of the Christmas is our first live show, and it's just, it's such a fun movie. It has homages like crazy, it has Daddy Tom Atkins. I mean, like, you just can't go wrong with it. It's great fun. Awesome. Yeah, it, oh man, it is, it is a blast. And in fact, I had a couple of people that, that got a hold of me and said, I've never seen Night of the Creeps. I'm like, okay, you. You need to stop right now. Whatever it is, what, what, whatever's on your watch list, you need to put this at the very top because it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, because once you watch it, like, you're a fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, perfect. it's a perfect 80s horror movie. It's so fucking great. Nine of the it Creeps really is. is. And, it, and it, I think it's better than most 80s fair, honestly, because it knows what it is. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I mean, it. It knows like exactly what it's doing, what it's setting out to do, and and it, it hits all the all the marks. It's it's fucking amazing. Definitely. It stars um, Jason Lively, Steve Marshall, Jill Whitlow, and the mustache himself, Tom motherfucking Atkins. So right. why 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 is Tom Atkins so cool? Okay, um, one I think it's just a mutually like I have never heard anybody go. Well, Tom Atkins isn't cool. I mean, guys want to be him, women want to be with him. And I'm not a hundred percent straight either. So, and I, I'm, I identify as asexual. I'm kind of on this. There's a spectrum for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been that way. So if I have no sexual attraction, but maybe a, a little bit, um, I, he's one, I have his autograph, but I haven't met him in person. And he's the kind of person I would be like, can I sit on your lap for a little bit? Daddy Tom. Um, but I tend to like older and or dead men, uh, <laughs> okay. men, Women, I like them, you know, sexy or whatever, but you know, men, I like them, you know, almost like fatherly. <laughs> I get it. I, I absolutely get it. It's, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly hetero, obviously, but uh, for those out there that, that, that know me, but there is a couple of, of guys out there, Tom Atkins being one, that are just sexy as hell. Uh, it's Sean. He's a hundred percent straight, and he will be like the same thing. He will say yeah. the same thing about Tom Atkins. Like that's what I'm saying. Men love them. Women love them. Everyone loves them. It's the same thing with like Bruce Campbell. I think is is the is the other one that I just like. Uh, just let me just oh, let yeah. me hug him. And when you meet Billy Zane in person, you would feel the same way. 
He is very charismatic. It'll hit you like from 50 feet away. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> Billy Zane. Wow. Oh, Bill, you know, Billy Zane candy cane. <laughs> Whew. When I met him, my knees were literally weak. That never happened to me before. Yeah, Billy Zane is so charismatic. Yeah, I, I love I that. Oh no, no, Billy Zane. I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of the wrong one. I'm thinking of Steve Zahn. So yeah, Steve Zahn was the one I'm thinking of. Billy Zane. Yeah, the. Uh, I'm because yeah, I I always think of uh, from Demon Knight. Most people are Demon like, Knight. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like Demon Knight. He fucking ho damn po dunk will be in there, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Great oh gosh. Oh, it's funny. We, we, I, I recently just shit all over Billy Zane. <laughs> oh, but that's okay. Some did people you, do. D- did you, you, did you, you happen to hear me? like the guy. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love Billy Zane. And that's what I said. I made the differentiation between, between his, his amazing movies and his bad movies. But oh yeah. Seen, he's done some really bad movies. <laughs> we can agree on that. Did you see, uh, oh, The Mad? Uh, gosh, no. Oh, God, that's one of the, the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I tore that movie to pieces, and, and Billy Zane's in that one. He was uh, in some artsy flick, and his sister was in it, and it was just the worst trash I ever saw. And that was back, you know, because I worked in video stores for years. My mom worked in video stores, so it was sort of like past the torch. And um, so, you know, I would just rent anything he was in because I was in love with him from Demon Knight, you know, because that was like a really... You know, when you're starting to notice boys and girls age, like, oh, they're kind of attractive. And uh, so Demon Knight got me. So it, it hooked me into a lot of his movies. And I had to stop. Because so I was like, some of these are just the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah but Demon Knight, yeah, that's that's incredible. And yeah, he is, oh my goodness, he's amazing in that And movie. wonderful, wonderful yeah. man to meet in person. Oh, man, I would love, yeah, I would love to meet him. So back on topic yeah we're gonna do this a lot I'm bad about that. Sorry. no that's fine no we're, we're gonna do that a lot i i have a feeling oh, do you have a uh so obviously night of the creeps that is squarely in the horror comedy subgenre do you have a favorite subgenre of horror um mine would be not quite elevated horror um, but they call me the Romero snob in the community because I just worship at the altar of George Romero. Night um, of the Living Dead was my first horror movie at six. My mom's a big horror fan. And, uh, cause I didn't really have a dad. So she was like, you're going to watch this with me. And so, you know, I tend to like, you know, the original dead trilogy. So more serious with social messages, but I also like my trash, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, I've always, and it's funny because I did a, a countdown of the top ten horror franchises with the with the Sledges, Ken and Ashley Sledge, and oh, yeah, yeah Rom- they're so fun. They are, they're awesome. And uh, the Romero Romero did did tri- or not trilogy, but the, the Dead franchise was. Oh yeah, my I don't. There's four. two movies I removed from it. Where I'm like, you can skip those two and go to this one, but yeah, uh, Land and Diary. Yes, I hate them. I call it Diary, and it's famous because everybody laughs about it. I call it Diarrhea of the Dead. <laughs> I'm like, George was really trying to hop on trends when he is a trend. Like, you don't need to do that, George. Why? Why? I actually like those. I don't know what it is. It's probably because I do have a soft spot for Romero. Obviously, you know, I've never met another person that hates Land of the Dead like me. I mean, like everybody likes it, and I just, I, I think when you give George money. 
it's it's not as good as like when they made him stretch a dollar and and Tom Savini, you know, his one of his best buddies, you know, was great at stretching a dollar and he's a goddamn legend in special effects. So yeah. um so it gave me a lifelong love of of Tom Savini and George Romero. So I guess if I had to pick, it'd be like vampire movies and then George Romero. Um but I'm picky but I like gothic vampires. I do not like modern takes too much on vampire Oh, you don't stuff. you don't like Twilight? Um, I like the books, and I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit it. But the movies they're not like uh, they're not great. <laughs> I've never I've never seen one. Uh, well, I mean, for, I mean you're I, not missing much. I always tell people you should read the books, but people are like, "Oh, she's a hack." I'm like, she she writes a really good book, and even if you don't want to read those, uh, I'm a big reader. Uh, the host is really great. It's a great sci-fi book. Okay, I have to write that one that one down. I do I do love. I, I do love reading, but like Sean yeah. does not do Twilight, but he loves the host. Okay, it, I might have to check one that, that one will out. Appeal more to your hetero men, you know, they're <laughs> a little afraid of their feelings in Twilight or something. I don't know. Oh my goodness, no! I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not that, but it's it's funny because I had a friend of mine just absolutely loved those films, right? And he knew I was big into horror, and I hadn't, I hadn't heard of them. I it's a obviously heat. because it's it's not my wheelhouse. So the second one was coming out, and I think it's like full moon or new moon or something like that. New moon, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he's he says, "Oh man, you have to you have to check out this this trailer," and I'm I'm watching it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a it's a horror flick, you know, it's got vampires and werewolves." And uh, I'm like, I, "Too scary. I, it's not scary." I don't I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think that's quite. It's more like love story, but with monsters, which I like. You know, that goes all the way back to like Dracula for me. You know, um, I like my horror with some love story in it. Yeah, well, I do too. I mean, I there's some, I've just watched, well, for, you know, Sean recommended Night of the Living Dead 3 for my watch list last night. And I, I love that. It's one of the, you know, the best love stories in horror. I always joke with him because I'm like, you got with me because of all my piercings, didn't you? <laughs> no. It was He's that He's since before then, so, but, you know, I think it's an added bonus. Oh yeah, she loves how you know she gets into the body mods and stuff in uh, um, Return of the Three, and and it's just not for me. I stop it too. Oh man, I love I love three. I, I I I like them all. I really well, it's with the exception again. We can we can take a couple of those out four and five, which I have not oh, seen. Yeah, don't don't just stop it. If you're gonna stop somewhere, stop at three. Okay. But I actually like three more than I do two. Although I, I, I like But two. that's a calm. Actually, that's very common in the horror community. Me liking Return of the Living Dead 2 kind of puts me in the loser class. Because everybody's like, you like that movie? And I'm like, you're comparing it too much to the first film. Obviously, the first film is the best one. But I love two. And um, actually, I'll be talking about that later on today. So I'll stop there on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's not get into that. Then we'll, we'll go into the movie. And the, the, we see the, the TriStar logo. And man, does that ever hit the nostalgia button for me when the, the Pegasus mm -hmm. like flies over the T? It just reminds me of when I was like a little kid being right, in the theaters, right. you see that. And then, the, you know, like the THX thing where the, the sound just blows your fucking head off. Yeah, like, especially in the theaters. Like it would, because I, I, I have like severe anxiety, um, like crippling anxiety, believe it or not. And so we'd be in a theater and I'm just like covering my ears because I can't do loud sounds, like sudden loud sounds. So I don't like jump scares, by the way. Um, you know, not in theaters especially. But uh, yeah, so that shit would like blow my eardrums out. I'm like, oh, fuck. 
Uh, maybe that was the start of my anxiety because I, I do. I, I suffer with it a little bit of depression and anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it was. That, that was the very beginning. That's what started off, although there were other factors. But it's it's amazing. Like you kind of talked about this. This film wears its influences right on its sleeve. And we start out in space, of course, with these like the, the little puppet aliens. What, what did you think about this opening? Um, the opening's so silly. It, it's just like, but we needed a reason. And it, and because it's so, you know, a, an homage to, you know, all these horror influences and also sci-fi, you know, those B-horror sci-fi films from the 50s, which is why we have Dick Miller in this. But I'm wearing Dick Miller shirt today. Um, but why we have Dick Miller in this later in a little cameo. But because he was in a lot of those kind of films in the 50s. But uh, yeah, I like it just it, and I don't like too much sci-fi. So it's just enough to give us our start. Yeah. Our reason. And I mean, it is cheesy, but there's honestly, there's there's nothing like a good cheese pizza. So I if it's I, done right. Yeah, absolutely. And it does it like plays homage to and this whole movie does like the, the horror movies of like the 40s and 50s those sci-fi classics them invasion of the body snatchers are you familiar and even with your those? trashy movies you know some of the trashier ones like roger corman not the mark of quality <laughs> no no certainly not and i, I admit like that's a blind spot for me i need to i need to go back and check check some of those out but honestly i can send you a good list because yeah. like i love um the, the only kind of uh genre i love second to horror is a uh, classic film so i'm kind of a classic film buff and i've watched the trash and i've watched the treasure so i can give you a cool list to, to like a starter kit oh that would be great yeah absolutely please send that to me because i, I, I i'm into some of the classics obviously everybody uh, well i won't say everybody but a lot of people are familiar with the universal monster franchises and those which oh, i yeah, absolutely but there's love. so much more beyond that yeah that's I need to I need to check that stuff out, but it doesn't take your away your enjoyment from this at all. In fact, like it, no, it opens up in you know black and white, and you get all of like those those fifty tropes where you got this girl on the phone and she's you know just a paraphrase oh fluffy you know, you know I'm, uh, they they've broken up and uh, you know could you take me to the to the socials and stuff like that. And honestly, I had no idea like the first time that I watched this, I'm like okay what. What the hell is going on in this movie? I thought it was like getting into a ridiculous kind of zombie flick, and here I am in black and white and back in the fifties. Did that like the first time that you saw this? What did you think about that? Um, I liked it, and I remember, you know, I was born nineteen seventy nine, so I was growing up in the eighties, and um, what people who didn't grow up in the eighties don't know is that the eighties were really big on fifties nostalgia. Yeah, kind of like we are today. Yeah, like, you know, we're, we're right now the 90s are a thing. And I'm like, okay, you know you're old when the throwback vintage thing is what you were doing in high school. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, like in the 80s it was the 50s and the 90s it was the 70s, as I'm sure you recall. And right now it's the 90s and I'm like, oh, God, I'm old. Okay, but yeah, um, I really like how he did this, how Fred Decker did this. Because, one, we, you have the stroll, um, the song, which was a hit in the 50s. But it has, if you listen to it, and Fred Decker himself has said this, um, 
you know, he said it is kind of a little bit of a creepy vibe to it, even though it wasn't intentional. So it works as kind of like the spooky mood music. That's what's playing when she's in the car alone. And uh, what's his name? I'm sure. I think it was Johnny. Johnny. Yep, Johnny. Johnny. Of course it's Johnny. Uh, Johnny's <laughs> off. I'm going to go investigate that thing that just crashed to Earth. I'd be like, I'm going to drive in the opposite fucking direction. But okay. Um, yeah, but the stroll's playing there. And they use, that's the only 50 song that... No, no. Smoke Gets in Your Eyes is the 50 song they use also in the 80s. And that's a great song, too. It's been in my head since last night. Um, that's a great fucking 50 song. So, the use of genuine 50 soundtrack when in the 80s, like, okay, for instance, the Lost Boys, they did The Doors, People Are Strange. But they had Echo and Bunnyman, who I'm not shitting on. They have, some, like, The Killing Moon is a great fucking song. Mm-hmm. But um, they had them redo it. And just to, like, update it and make it modern, I'm like, you could have just used the Doors version. It was better, but okay. It is, and um, it's so haunting. So it was kind of odd for him to want to use the actual songs and not have them covered. I dig that. It, and it's... Yeah, I like. I really, really like the mo- or the music in in this in this movie. The the choices. I mean, some of it, you know, is the the score, which is kind of kind of silly at times. But act the actual music choices. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it. It's it was really good. And you know, if we go back before that, and I, something I wanted to to touch on where, uh, what is it, Pam, Pam, yeah, Pam and and Johnny, yeah. they end up going to to Lovers Lane before they they investigate the crashy canister or meteor whatever that is they think it is and i've never understood this you see this all the time and i'm i'm like was that was that ever ever a thing like where you would just get in a car park in and park by yeah well you gotta think about the 50s there were um you know these straight lace values being and people think the 50s were actually like that like that everybody was super straight laced and super whatever. And I can go into feminist theory, which I, I do on Gold Out, but I'll save that for that. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, teenagers are teenagers. Sure. And they all want to get laid. You know, um, I was the weird one who didn't. But, you know, so to get away from prying parents or, you know, from judgment from friends, you go there and you make out. It's a place to go make out. And it was it was actually a thing. Okay, maybe I just grew up uh, too late or something like that. Then I I just never saw the appeal of parking well, beside three other like, people. We had resources, you know. We we, <laughs> we we were we were latchkey kids. Yeah. So we had the house to ourselves. That's we true. Take a boy or a girl in if we wanted, or we could go to parties and lie to our moms, you know, because you know payphones were a thing. Hey, we're out. I'm gonna go stay at Jan's tonight and end up you know i'm hanging out with a bunch of people at a party and wild stuff's going on and you know it was a little easier to to get away with that because we we live in a generation where both parents started working that is true yep and that's hey guys that's that's why candy is here for proper social commentary because no sociology was my minor (laughs) that's awesome yeah because i have no idea I'm like, well, this doesn't this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But. I love cultural references and just time pieces like that. I uh, man, I I dig it because I am really notorious for not not doing any research on these things. Because honestly, the way that, with the exception of 
let's say Asian horror, which is kind of outside of my culture. So I have to kind of do a little bit of research to find out, maybe, right, right, right. You know what 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 translates or you know what it is that they're trying to say. Other than that, like the way that I view films, elevated horror, you know, however you however you want to define your terms, I I kind of view it on just how it makes me feel and kind of the you know the experience. Of, but of that, what I'm that's not wrong, you know. I mean, just doing research is a bonus for me. But, you know, I try to judge the film just as it is. Yeah. But I do have these little footnotes of things that I already knew, you know, that I throw in there. But uh, I, I, I try to go from the gut and I rate from the heart. So I'm not the critic on our show. I mean, I, I, I can be objective, but I, I tend to rate the highest because I, I give points for effort. And everybody's like, Candy, oh, my God, you just <laughs> hand out these high scores to shit that doesn't deserve it and i'm like well they tried you know they really tried yeah i'm i i'm not a critic but i am kind of harsher not and not on my grades i'll say that i'm harsher on my grades but it doesn't mean that i don't like a film but like let's say that there is i don't know um one film that i that I liked and then there's another film that I, I like a little bit more you know it's hard for me to give them the the, the same the same rating so it's like that's always right. in my head okay well I gave the ritual a, a nine so I like this one a little bit less so there's no way that I could go ahead and give that one a nine so that's always that's always in my head so I'm a little bit more uh, of a harsher critic than than a lot of than a lot of people but it doesn't mean like I like anything no, I mean, you, you have not met harsher critics than the people on my show. Okay. Like, you know, it's hard for us. We have a very short list where everybody, because to get a perfect score, everyone has to give it a 10. Like, The Thing is obviously one of them. I was really brokenhearted when we recently missed getting a perfect score across the board. Our first one was Return Living Dead, but uh, it's a short list. It's a very short list. Okay. Yeah, I, I and I was worried about coming on the show because I'm like, oh my goodness, like, because every time I listen, everybody is so high on most of the things, you know, that are covered. I'm like, oh no, I would get oh, this Eric one to like a like, six. like, well, here I am being the re resident wet blanket on this, but <laughs> her and I tend to like mostly the same types of films, like extreme horror, um, Asian horror, you know, different kind of feminist horror, you know, different things like that. But, um, but she's a harsher critic than I am. And Crystal on the show, like, she is the harshest critic I've ever fucking met. So it's always me handing out tens and nines like they're candy. And then uh, um, everybody else, you know, bringing me down. I'm like, okay. You guys are actually <laughs> critics here. I rate on how a movie makes me feel or what it makes me think about. So that is just a precursor to how I rate things. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But like I said, I'm... Oh man. I don't know. Maybe you I know, need I don't to reevaluate. To be a critic to do a podcast. Oh no, no, absolutely. Films. And that's why I'm, I started because I love movies. Yes, yeah, and I'm certainly, I'm certainly not, guys. Yeah, you know, even if I say, hey, go go watch a movie, you know, hey, form your own opinions and and check this stuff out because hey, it's somebody's art. You know, somebody put their their honest effort. There were people working behind the scenes that are that are doing their best. So, and I'm like a mega fan. I've got this huge tattoo. I don't know if you've seen. Um, any, well, you're not on Instagram, I don't think. No. Um, but I had this huge tattoo, like, from shoulder to elbow. It was my first tattoo. I'm looking to start my horror sleeve this year. Um, Flyboy's first from Dawn Dub because reasons. But I decided, um, 
he was going to be my first tattoo, but I decided on Mystery Science Theater 3000 because I've been watching that since I was like a 10-year-old girl. And the, they Love they that. make fun of the movies. Yeah. Um, But even then, you know, it's like that's still somebody's art. Mm-hmm. I may not like Roger Corman, but I like what he's done for other people. Right. Like inspired them to make things that I do like. So I have to give him respect so I can – have fun with movies like Mr. You know, Mystery Science Theater, which I recommend. They do a lot of those. Um, it was my intro, that and Sammy Terry, the local horror host uh, here in Indiana, who was actually fucking scary. Um, I think his son's taken over now because he's gone, but I met him when I was a, girl, a little girl. But, um, scared the shit out of me. But, uh, showed a lot of those B- 50s sci-fi horror movies that we get references to here in this film and uh so i recommend people like if they want to start and they want to have a little fun with them because sometimes they're a little hard to swallow on their own go to the mystery science theater one you'll get like the screaming skull you're gonna get um base four you're gonna get like all these random you know like a man of the hand of hands of fate were that. I fucking hate that movie. That's, and it's the most popular. That's what's sad is it's the most popular MST3K episode. Yeah, it it's is. Not my favorite, but there's like an '80s one called Hobgoblins, which is fucking great. Yeah, it's it's great. I watched Hobgoblins before I ever saw the show, and so that. Oh was just... gosh, no! I started on the show, and then um, Rift Tracks did it. Who are the guys that used to do the show? And um, their version, they don't edit. Like, they did edit it for, you know, MSC3K, but Rift Tracks does not edit. They show them in, like, movie theaters. You know, they do these live shows, and they yeah. go out Shoot, to movie they're... theaters. So um, so I have the Rift Tracks version and the uh, MSC3K version. That's really neat. Oh, yeah, that there's this uh, theater in Austin, Texas that does that. It, it's, it's called Mr. Sinus Theater. And they have like three comics that sit at the like at the front of the theater, and they kind of like just riff on the movie, and you oh, get yeah, yeah. food and drinks and stuff like that. And it's that is a blast. Yeah, like, we have, I have MST3K to thank for that. I mean, oh yeah, it, it, it's made unwatchable movies watchable for me. Although we, we we had a debate about Squirm, and you're you'll hear that in um, episodes that are coming out soon. Um, but we've talked about it in in past episodes. Like we have running jokes from season two still on the show like you won't get that reference unless you've listened to season two we're on five but um these long running jokes but um yeah i mean it 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 makes it it makes it easier to absorb but msc3k made like this huge splash and in you know um our collectives because it was an early 90s thing um you know so i was old enough to you know get the jokes most of them and enjoy a movie that i couldn't sit through at the time because it was so god fucking bad it was so bad well with that being said what did you think of the acting in this one the i'm sorry the action or the acting the acting the acting in this one oh i thought that that was phenomenal everybody sold me on their performance like i was really sold i was too and maybe brad a little bit was too much um like he he just seemed like his pause like when he when they want to pledge the you know to the betas his pauses don't seem natural but that's the only small gripe i can have about that and clearly um all the the you know 
the guys who are in the fraternity, they're the special effects guys who later show up as our creeps. But, um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I thought everybody was just phenomenal. I did, too. I really like the acting in this. I mean, it's a little, there are parts in it that's a little over the top, but that's exactly what they were going for. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was intentional. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, kind of campy, but that, again, that's the purpose of, of this movie. And when you have a place called Corman University for Roger Corman, you're going to get some camp. You know, he's the king of camp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got what? we've got Corman University. We've got, oh, Cynthia Cronenberg. We've got Detective we've got Ramey. Or, John or Carpenter Ramey. Cooper. Yeah. You know, we've got, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got all the references in there. We got Chris Romero. <laughs> Yeah, they're all. Uh, they're Detective all. Ray Cameron for James Cameron. I mean, yeah. we could go on and on. There are so many references. Some of them just fly right by you, but there are a million references. There, yeah, there really are. But speaking like of the of the acting, JC and and Chris, is it Chris? Yeah, Chris. Man, yeah. I I love their dynamic in this. Like the friendship that that they have. Oh my just, god, it's one of the best that I've ever seen. It's so so genuine. And I think it's really important that we get that because of the later part where it, and it really hits you in the gut. Cause I really love the character of JC. I really love him. Yeah. And you know, that part where they go back to the dorm after they ran away screaming like banshees, <laughs> um, you know, um, when they go back there and he's like, I can't believe I'll let you talk to me. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, Chris. And he's just that whole monologue right there. Yeah. That's a fucking a plus. Oh, it's so, it's so fucking good. Yeah. I, oh man. I love both of these guys. Yeah. I'm like, man, I want to be these guys as friends. It's, they're right, so, right. And they're, they're like, just we're so cute. Losers. We're losers. And I'm like, no, you were cool. You were cool yeah. as fuck. Yeah. And they are, they are, but, you know, Chris, he, like he's smash cat cut. So Johnny, he gets, he gets slugged and then Pam, she, she gets killed by like this axe-wielding maniac who's escaped from a mental asylum and you smash cut to the future and then Chris sees Cynthia who he just is instantly smitten with and then they go to this they chase her into this frat party and it's so funny how many like 40 year olds there are at this I know I was saying that I'm like wow everyone's 40 I guess they're just going back for their second degree or something but the thing is is I talk about this a lot because I'm a makeup artist and I have a makeup company called Funner Girl Cosmetics with my podcast sister Erica and um the the makeup in the 80s the way that it was worn it made everybody look older the women look older when you look through an 80s yearbook they look 30 yes yeah, it's it's so weird. Yeah, when you go back and, and look at stuff like this, the one thing though that stuck trends out, then were just garbage. They were oh yeah, the the big hair, the teased hair, and and all that stuff. Yeah, it just it's funny. Yeah, it, looking at, at them and and you know looking at like kids today, and you're like oh yeah, they're they're so small, you know. But yeah, back then everybody uh, looked like they had been holding down a job for ten years. Right, right. But I'm. It's like the one thing though that stuck out to me besides. The, all these all these people at the party was that that one girl in white who was just going for it at, at the dance at the oh yeah she she's really really like i'm gonna dance badly and i'm gonna do it right in your face i'm so glad that you that you noticed that because like every oh i noticed time... when people dance i love to dance it's one thing i miss doing a lot you know um 
next we would like do these like dance offs and stuff like this one thing i can't do anymore with my back and so i always notice people dancing because i had to i did musicals for years and choreography and all that shit so i pay attention and i'm just like that bitch can't dance oh my god please turn the camera <laughs> yeah she's like she cannot dance at all but man man she is super excited it's it's like her 10 seconds of fame yeah, she's this, like having a great fucking time. She is. And like it's it's what makes it even better is like she starts like trying to move closer to a couple people. Like she's dancing by herself. And she yeah. keeps trying to move to, closer to a couple people and then they start moving off. They're like, <laughs> oh no, I can't be seen like this. This is this is too much. But I also remarked upon the fact that everyone that goes to that school is white. <laughs> yes. This yeah, this entire is... college, there is no one person of color. The only people of color we see are cops. Yeah, it's it's like the the friends of, of college campuses. Like this is the whitest college I've ever seen. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like no no diversity at all whatsoever. And Typical so 80s. yeah, completely. That's where we got the whole token trope. I'm yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we did. And it's, you know, so they, they do like, they, they try to join this, this fraternity to impress Cynthia, Chris does. And of course they, yeah, they're, they're all white men and they come up with this ridiculous plan for them, but you don't know what it is, but they're going to go steal this body. And did you notice like in, in both the films that we're going to cover today, like they end up solving like whatever code it is just basically by magic. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to press this button. Like, you know, sort of, I love cartoons too. So like Dee Dee and Dexter's Lab, what does this button do? <laughs> yeah, so like JC and Chris, they they go into this lab because the frat guys, they, they put them up to this. They find out that they need to steal a corpse and put it on a, a different fraternity's front stoop or whatever it is. And so they break into the lab. JC figures out the code. He just hits zero. And just happens to be to be the right one if i can point out one thing that i think is fucking hilarious really quickly about our scientist guy who looks like he's about 50 yes holding and he's a graduate student, he's a graduate like, student. is he on his second like tour <laughs> of medical school like what's going on you're usually like a, a specialist by now but um so he goes and it looks like he goes just down the hall for a payphone. You're going to tell me in the whole fucking facility there's not a real phone. There's a payphone. Okay. So we got to buy that. And not only that, but when we get JC and Chris down there, we realize like he's up two flights of stairs and away. And also in that same hallway that JC and Chris are in, there's just three barrels of toxic waste. We like to talk about how in the 80s, toxic waste was just open and sitting in canisters. We did that with uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Like, there's just random toxic waste in New York. Like, just sitting there in barrels. It's pretty cool. Useful if you need to kill a villain or, you know, just, or trauma films. Like, it's Toxic Avenger. You know, it was a big thing in the 80s. So I'm like, it looked like he went down the hall to where those toxic barrels are, but he's clearly up two flights of stairs on a payphone. Not a real phone, a payphone. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember the last number. I know. Yeah, so I thought it was hilarious. I did too. Yeah, that that stuck out to me. Like, and it, it it's in my notes as well that he just goes down the the hallway, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he's he's teleported upstairs, talking on the phone when they when they when they do this. And it's funny because like it started bringing back honestly, it started bringing back memories 
of like kind of the stupid shit that I used to do as as a kid. What was the what was the dumbest thing that you've ever done? Like as as when you were that age or maybe a little bit younger. Oh God, how much time you got? <laughs> um, well, actually, I was uh, I I did a lot of things. Like, do you ever think about some shit you did in the past? And like, you get scared now for yourself. <laughs> like, how did I live through that? Yeah. Um, I like to climb trees, and I don't mean like you know, climb up a, a little bit into like the crotch of the tree. I would climb all the way to the top and I would do this thing where I dropped down and I was like, how did I not snap my ankles? And I did gymnastics for years. I was a cheerleader and stuff. So it was like later on, I didn't even do that, you know? And I'm just like, how the fuck did I do that? And I would jump any fence, even privacy fences where they had like the three notches and the spikes at the top. I'd climb those. Um, and I would, and I'm invading my neighbor's property, you know, and this is, you know, when I was a kid before, you know, I cared about what adults thought as an adult. Now I'd be like, you little son of a bitch, <laughs> but you know, um, and, and I, of course I partied a lot in the nineties. So that was probably the dumbest shit I did. Like dropping acid and going to see a midnight showing of night living dead. Not a good idea. Cause that movie scares the shit out of me, yeah. um, to this day. But, uh. Yes, just dumb shit like that. I never got caught by the cops because I was always kind of the, I'm, I've always been like the mom of the group, even though I was the youngest because I, I skipped a grade in, in, um, in grade school. And so I was younger than everybody else. And we're out partying, dropping acid, smoking a lot of weed. And I'm just like, how fucking stupid was I? Just run around town 3 a.m. And I'm, and I always look younger than I am. Like I'm like 42 and I look 30. You can imagine how young I looked at 15. Yeah, when I was a freshman, so a freshman in high school, I played I played football. I made the varsity team. I was actually kind of decent. Oh, nice. Thanks. Yeah. So I got invited. Athlete. Yeah. So I got invited to a senior party, but I didn't have anywhere to get there and nobody was coming to pick me up. So me and Yeah, and it was so uncool, you know. <laughs> right. Right. So me and a buddy of mine ended up hitchhiking to like mm. to get to, to get to this party. So I mean obviously not not very safe it turned out it turned out fine we had a good time but yeah I'd, there are oh my goodness so many examples i could give when i was when oh I was yeah younger. i have i have one um from when i was 14 it's a little dark but it's i can tell it quick uh i i grew up in an abusive home um uh, my my adopted dad you know was very domestically abusive to my mother and my brothers and i so I ran away from home at 14, and I didn't just run away from home. I went all the way to Hollywood with my best friend. Oh, my goodness. That's how Sean and I met was through her. She uh, is his cousin. Well, was his cousin. She's uh, dead three years now. But, and we ran away to Hollywood, lived on the streets. And we the only streets we knew were Hollywood and Vine. Now, if you know anything about that area that's uh kind of like hooker alley so like we had the oh prostitutes God. taking care of us but nothing bad happened to us not one bad thing oh thank goodness and it's weird it was like we were in a bubble and then of course we you know eventually called our parents and went home but um but uh yeah that was probably the dumbest fucking thing i ever did and i think about you know my kids and if they'd ever done that like i don't know how i, I wouldn't have slept Oh, yeah. I don't know what I, I couldn't have eaten. I couldn't have survived. My children are my life. So I I feel so bad for what I did to my mother. Oh, but, man. you know, I, I, I just didn't want to stay at home. So Yeah, absolutely. I, I get that. Yeah. And, man, the things that That's we did. That's why I'm so upbeat. My, my past is kind of dark. <laughs> yeah. 
I am right there with you. It's like, you know, if, if you if you can't laugh, you're going to end up crying. Exactly. And who likes to cry? So, yeah. so I took all that darkness and, you know, I just, I'm like mega positive, super energetic because I'm like, man, life is short and I spent way too much time being unhappy. Like, fuck that shit. Oh my goodness. That yeah. sucks. I Did we just fun. become best friends? I think so. I think so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Some of the, uh, some of the stuff that, that I've, I've dealt with in my past, I still haven't talked about to this day. And yeah, it's like, you know, you, but you have to find, you do, you have to find an outlet for that, for that well, kind of thing. Before I got disabled from my spine, um, I, I, I started getting disability at 26 because I have severe PTSD, which I'm in intensive. I've been in therapy since I was 15. Um, but I'm in severe, uh, like intense therapy called EMDR therapy. It's really, really good for post-traumatic stress disorder. I like to get uh, mental illness stuff out there in the world. I feel like if you've got a voice, you should use it for good. Yes. Um, it ha has helped me. And I have all three anxiety disorders. My most crippling is panic disorder. I have such bad panic attacks that I faint um, or, you know, things like that. So at 26, they were like, you're disabled. I didn't even have to try. Like most people are like fighting and they're clearly disabled. But like for me, they were just like, we're just going to give you a check. Please stop trying to work. Um, and, you know, now I'd be getting it because I can't walk. But um, very much I can limp around my house. But I, otherwise I'm in a wheelchair. Like when I go to horror cons, wheelchair. Um <laughs> But, yeah, so it, it's like, uh, you know, these kinds of things, you know, there is help out there and there is hope. And I like to talk about that. Absolutely. And that it's, it, man, that is so important. And I'm so happy that, you know, just within the last few years that that, you know, mental health and that aspect has kind of been destigmatized where it's. Well, we're it's, getting there. I mean, there are a lot of people who, when they hear me say that I have severe PTSD and anxiety disorders are like this bitch is crazy and i'm like i am the crazy people are the ones who who don't get help who yes. don't even know that something's wrong with them me i am always striving every single day to be a better person to heal from my past and you know i just try to tell people they're like well you're so upbeat i never would have guessed i'm like because i spent so much time being miserable i'm like i'm done with that like i'm middle-aged like fuck that shit the second half of my life is is great Right. Even with my spine going down. And that was, a, that was a mental health struggle too, let me tell you. But I got through it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. Hey, PSI, you guys, if, if you need help, please, please reach out. And I did that like for years and years growing up in Oklahoma and that kind of thing in a very masculine environment. You just didn't talk about your issues. You didn't talk about your problems. Exactly. And yeah. so I, I know it's much harder for men. I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, it, it can be, but all, um, you know, for for years, I just, I felt like I just needed to bury that because my dad was one who just didn't, never showed emotion, whether the only emotion, honestly, that was, that was socially acceptable was anger. I mean, yeah, anger. Yeah, that was the same with me, anger. Yeah. So anger. That's anger all was, I got from men was anger. Right. So that was fine. Everything else, you know, if you if you were sad or upset or anything like that, or if you cared for somebody, all that, you know, you kind of you kind of brushed under the under the rug. But anger was the only thing that you were allowed to show. So I grew up and I was I was a very angry person because I that's the only way that I knew how to deal with things. And it wasn't until I guess it was it was last year or the year before maybe 
uh, yeah, I think it was the year before in 2020 when it was, when I just finally broke and I, I couldn't handle anything. It will, it will catch up with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, so I had the option of basically, uh, you know, a suicide, which was a very real consideration in my life, or I was going to need to talk about it. And finally I started seeking out, out counseling and I'm in a much better place now. And of course, from these things, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll never, you're, you're never going to get past some of the stuff, but you can't overcome some of those things in your life. So, you know, to take a, aside from some of the, the, the silliness here, guys, if, if, if that's something, and I'll, I'll tell you right now that I do, I, I struggle with anxiety and depression to this day, but there are healthy alternatives and there is, there is help out there. So please, 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 if, if, you know, and it's crazy because one of the reasons that I started listening to podcasts and started my own podcast was not only to, to have a voice, but for somehow like it, listening to people talk about some of the things that I loved, it helped me to feel a part of something. And so I wasn't, exactly. I wasn't alone I anymore. I was in such a dark place when I realized like, wow, the last time I ran is the last time I'm ever going to run. Yeah. Last time I walked right was the last time I'm ever going to do that. And it was, it was, it was dark for me and I struggle with the darkness a lot, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm successful in fighting it back. And the yeah. thing is, is talking about it can be, it, it sounds a little scary and I know that, but trust me, it, it's going to help. It does help, you know, people listening. And I'm not to plug my own show too much here, but oh, go ahead. if you listen to our brain damage episode where I break down fucking crying, I make everybody cry. Um, you know, we got they, we took a silly movie and I made I turned it on its head. I said, you know, because everybody's like, well, I don't want to do this Frank Hennenlotter movie. It's so stupid. I'm like, give me a minute. Just give me a minute here. And I did, and suddenly everybody's like, that's one of my favorite movies now. Because I really talk to, I, I talk very openly about my life and my struggles because I think if you have a voice and people are out there listening, and even if your podcast isn't like the hugest podcast in the world, there are people listening to it. Yeah. There, you know, even if it's just Somehow. one person. And you know what? That, he, them hearing you publicly go and say, hey, I've got problems and I got, I went and got help for it and I'm better now. It's still a struggle. It's never not going to be a struggle. But you know, there, there's a way to live your life and enjoy it and, 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 you know, have time set aside to deal with that and then just progressively be a better person. And it is a fight. And see, I am, I am not a depressed person. I'm a very optimistic person. I just have like crippling. And when I say crippling, like people say I have crippling social anxiety, like where they freeze up. I have that every day of my life and it's not social because I'm clearly a very social person. It's, random things so sometimes I don't know and uh you know with PTSD sometimes random I can't do true crime because of it yeah because I was almost a case a couple of times of that so it, it makes me sick to my stomach and I freak out I mean I just like I can't breathe I literally can't breathe and my daughter she struggles with clinical depression and you know we've always kept uh mental health on the table so you know, the slightest sign in my kids, they had no problems coming to me. Hey, mom, I'd like to go to see therapist. All right, I gotcha. That's wonderful. You know, and I think that's an important conversation to have with your children, to have with your friends, to have with your loved ones in general. Like, it's okay and it's acceptable 
if not societally, it, it should be acceptable to you and the people that care about you. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, just my best to... friend that I talked about that's been dead three years, she committed suicide. Um, we were best friends for like 30 something years. So that was devastating. And, uh, people, it, it can happen to you. It could be someone you love. It could be you. And, uh, you don't want that. Cause I think about the three years that she's missed with her children and her husband and her friends and her life. And she was just a beautiful, talented person and she's gone now. And you, and that's the thing is it, it's like, go back to, it's a wonderful life when you're depressed and think about like, you know what? I'm just this one person, but so many people are touched by my life. Right. And, and I'm going to be destroying them. And sometimes that's just enough to keep you from doing it. And then I had a feeling we were going to get into this anyway. I mean, at the, at the end of this movie before the finale, our, our detective Cameron is, he's, he's going to commit suicide. You know, he's, he's, everything has become too much for him. Yeah, and I, I hate that part. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's 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 so dark. It really is. But I'm. It has a couple dark moments in this film, like the part with JC and the you know listen to this and right. play his voice sounds and and Jason Lively doing just the, a great job of literally losing his shit because that's his best friend, you know, and it, it suddenly took you know this greater importance to you know getting with the girl that he he likes and all these other things so oh my god my best friend right and, and then his 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 you know relationship with detective cameron grows and so that part is you know dark as shit because the one time we don't see tom atkins with the fucking cigarette and that's i mean whether they were intentionally you know trying to say something or not i mean you got your Man, your uber masculine character, Tom Atkins, who's probably the coolest person ever. And I he's think so. <laughs> yeah. And he's struggling with these these issues, these things that he's, he's dealt with in his past, his loss and his regret and his guilt and, and all that stuff. And it's and it's it's a very real thing. And you know, guys, if you know, no, no other if, if if you have nothing, nothing else, or you don't know where where to turn to, you can always, always, always send us a message dm me absolutely and my dms are always open you know i have had people reach out to me when they've heard certain episodes on my show like when we talked about i spit on your grave on ghouls night out which is erica and i doing feminist horror reviews um you know i had a lot of people reach out and when i my letter got read on joe bob's uh valentine you know the heartbreak trailer valentine's day thing uh this year um, people reached out to me because I, I was very open about my struggles. Joe Bob helped me in my darkest hour where I considered suicide. That's which incredible. It's not typical of me, but I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like I yeah. was 18 years old. I had the, a, a full ride scholarship to the college of my choice. I was engaged. I was a little young, but, um, you know, I broke that off and I just shut into myself. I had agoraphobia. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was going crazy, which is a typical feeling when you have panic attacks. But you see, I have, I'm one of the people, like, this is why I'm disabled from it. I have, like, 24-hour long ones where I feel like that 24 hours. Like, the worst feeling in the world because, you know, the feelings of doom with panic attacks and that you're going crazy, which is also a typical feeling. And uh, 
you know, just intense fear of just absolutely everything. I wouldn't step foot outside my house, but I wrote letters into Monster Vision because I would just tape Monster Vision and watch it over and over again because the only thing that calmed me down. The only time I felt calm was watching horror with Joe Bob. Yeah. I got this, like, uh, intense, you know, love for him. I always call him, like, my real dad. Um, and I met him. I had the pleasure of meeting him last summer. He made a special trip to meet me because I was the only person in a wheelchair at Joe Bob's Jamboree. And we got, like, 20 minutes with him before they recorded the live episode. And uh, me and, and my podcast family that met up there and he was wonderful to me and then hearing him read my letter which was talking about how he got me through my agoraphobia because he hand wrote me letters back this is a 1997 guys i was my family was so poor we did not own a computer so i hand wrote letters and he said how much that meant to get a handwritten letter and then read because i when i met him at the jamboree i handed him one to say you know i've been waiting you know, like, he, he, if you watch the episode, you'll hear all the words I said. But in it, but I was like, you, you saved my life. And I was agoraphobic. I couldn't, I couldn't function. But you got me to step outside, which my therapist couldn't do. My mom couldn't get me to do. Because Joe Bob was writing me letters. And so I handwrote him another letter. So he handwrote me back. And we've emailed. And he's, you know, sent me goodies. And he's just been wonderful to me. And it was, it, it kind of makes me cry a little bit. But, uh, because okay. it's so, you know, there are, there are really great people in the world. And there, there are. They're Absolutely. People. And, like, this dude has fucking saved my life so many times. Yeah, so, it's. Yeah, so right after that was read, I got a lot of DMs. And people saying, I'm, you know, it made me cry. Guys, most of them were men. They're like, it literally, that letter made me cry. You know, I struggle with agoraphobia and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like talking to them. And I'm like, I felt so good that I could give back. You know, that this this, this podcast, there's a, a certain way we go about things. And it's just kind of, I don't know, off the cuff and, and silly. and Oh, same with us. Yeah. And then every once in a while, we'll hit you with brain damage. And people are like, holy <laughs> What the fuck? I wasn't expecting that. Thought we were going to talk about how funny, you know, Elmer the turd penis is, but we're talking about some serious stuff. Yeah. And I just, I, and this is why that I, I love the horror community so much. So if it's somehow a that, great place, if, if you've stumbled on this because, you know, you're, you're a fan of horror and it's crazy, like, hey, thank you guys I, for all the new listens that I, that I keep getting. I, you know, it's not about numbers, but it's it's just about because, man, I, I love this genre and I genuinely love the people in this, in this community. Absolutely. And if, if you've somehow stumbled your way into this episode, like, like Andy and I were saying, Hey, our, our DMs are, are always open. And that's the thing that you will find in this community. If you're new to Twitter, if you're new to Instagram, if you're new to horror and you're looking for a place to be heard, then you have definitely found the right place that you are valued, you are loved, and you are a part of something. Yes, you are, you are very important. And so, you know, I'm, I'm obviously certainly not a, not a celebrity or anything like that. And if any time that you need to talk, then, hey, send me a, send me a message, we can talk. And no, I am not professionally licensed to do anything or to help you but i i can listen and i can point you in the right direction so, and, and that's exactly what i wanted to say we will certainly candy or myself we can 
we certainly have avenues that you can find to to be heard and to you know to speak on some of the things that that are very real issues. And one thing this I life. love about Dave on my show, um, Dave, it, it, he's a treasure of a person. I really love everyone on my show, and that's I think that's so obvious in our episodes that we are all very close. But um, and we we did that through horror. But Dave always says, you know, horror fans were kind of the misfits um, of, of, you know, loving things. Because, you know, we're from all walks of life. We usually, you know, have our own shit that we're toting with us. And we're attracted to horror usually because it's, it lets us explore that dark side in a safe avenue. And um, I thought that was brilliant. And so you're going to get all these walks of life and when you go to horror cons you're going to meet all these different people and you're all going to love each other i have never had a bad experience in the you know not to say that you know there aren't a couple bad apples out there in the horror community but mostly everyone is fucking great because we've all been there or we get it or you know we all have a dark side that's why we're here and or we're different you know and so you're going to find a, a just a huge loving accepting family just waiting for you if you don't you know, sometimes it's the family that we choose, not the yeah. one that we were born into. Yeah, yeah. I'm, my everybody that I grew up with is completely different than me, and regardless of your background, okay. hey, I mean, maybe you were, shoot, maybe you were the popular kid, but you know, there was just something about I actually you. was, which is surprising. <laughs> That's I was kind of in the middle, but. I mean, you know, regardless of your background, this, this, you're, you're absolutely right. This stuff just unites us. It, it really does. Whether, you know, race, uh, it doesn't matter. Sexual orientation. Sexual identity, yeah. Exactly. Your identity. Gender, any of that stuff. Uh, absolutely. I mean, when you are part of it, and of course there are assholes. I mean, there are assholes in everything. There are, but there, you know, I, I've done a lot of horror cons and most everybody meet, like I'm a big Freddy person in the eighties growing up. You, it, they were marketing Freddy and Jason at children. So you were either a Freddy person <laughs> or a Jason person. And you can run into the biggest fucking Jason fan in the world. If you're yep. me and who loves Freddy so, so much. We just, I was just gushing about that on, you know, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the other day because we did a, a freddy episode which i love those i like to space them out a little bit because you know there aren't any more um but you know you can meet a, a, the biggest jason fan in the world and i hate freddy versus jason i hate that fucking movie um because you know why did we make jason a good guy he's got a higher body count never mind that's a whole conversation but anyway i can meet them and we're gonna be like buddies yeah. We're going to keep in touch, and it doesn't matter. We're just like, oh, cool, you love horror. That's great. So loving horror, you, you're you instantly in. You're, you're instantly in. You're part of everything, and no one's better than anyone else. And the, the community and all the podcasts, it's not a competition, and we all support each other. And you've seen that in the network. Ian's a great guy, and he's the only person I know in, in the podcasting world that's busier than me. Yeah. Oh, gosh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the only person I know that's busier than me because I spend the first three hours of my day catching up on things, putting out promos, do, you know, rearranging the schedule for the millionth time and doing all this stuff. 
Um, but yeah, he's busier than me, but he's put together such a great group of people. A lot of people I've recommended, like, that I've met, and I'm like, they're, they're a really good fit. And you notice, like, you know, you go in there, and everybody's so positive and so wonderful and really supportive and will retweet you and, and, and talk on your, your stuff, and it, it's just great. Like, we just hit over 4,000 followers, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's amazing, yeah. But we work really fucking hard, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Dumb as we sound, and as much as we drink and get high on that show. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's not sometimes the only way to do it. Yeah, some of the drunk episodes. <laughs> we've all had our really drunk episode. Mine was happened in season one that nobody listens to. Thank God. Oh, but, wait, uh, wait. You got to tell me what this is, because I, I think, like I said, I was, I've been in for about a year and a half. So I'm well, I don't ever recommend. I, okay, here's why I leave season one up. <laughs> because... I'm the kind of person, just like with my makeup company, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing, and I just jump in. And the sound quality is absolute shit in season one. And my, I, that's when I was editing and didn't know how to edit, because I've edited, uh, I try to spell Sean and edit here and there. Oh, you're but, speaking uh, to the choir right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's really good. If you ever want tips, like, dude's got it. But, uh, and now we're on Zoom, but back then on Skype, you know, you had Skype squawks and problems and sketchiness and, but I mean, there's some good stuff in there, but yeah, when we did our ghosts episode, cause we just did general topics. I didn't start doing titles until season two, uh, season one's brief and that's good cause it's God awful, but there are gems in there, but the ghost episode, uh, I only started drinking when I was 39. I grew up around a lot of alcoholics. And I only have, like, one drink, but I think I had, like, three drinks that night. And I was, I start slurring my words a little bit. It's fucking hilarious, but, um, but yeah, don't judge us on how bad everything sounds. That's my fault. I didn't know what I was doing. We learned as we go. And so um, some of our most popular episodes, like hundreds of downloads or whatever way up there, are from season two when we still didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We didn't switch to Zoom until last season, and that was at the end of the season, so, like, late last year. So, um, yeah, that's when we started getting better sound quality but, um, and, and better editing, because Sean's like, uh, Candy, you can't edit for shit. And I'm like, I know. I know. Yeah, that's what I, I, I need. I need somebody to come in and edit my stuff, because, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same but boat. I'm like, I don't know why anybody listens. No, but see, I thought the same thing, but you'd be surprised. I'm like, I still don't know why people listen to our show, because we're fucking nuts. But that's what yeah. I love about it, is because it's me hanging out with my friends, and so, we're having a good time. I don't need yeah. to thinking about the show until I'm like, oh shit, we gotta do ratings. Oh yeah, we gotta do this. Oh fuck. You know, so I don't know if I'm the greatest hostess or anything. I like to run my mouth. <laughs> that's why he's a quiet, patient man. Uh, yeah, has, well, this man is a treasure. Uh, he would have he to be, but it keeps things interesting. I will say it, it, it's got to keep things interesting. Well, my problem is I don't have an inner monologue. Every thought I have, as you can tell, comes right out of my mouth. I don't, I can't keep it in my brain. Yeah, but okay. yeah, anytime, anytime there's a little bit of controversy, that's why. Which is us all the time. <laughs> so I don't know, and I don't know, and it's funny when I started talking to Ian, and I've talked to Ian for years, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, he and I, like I said, we started podcasting at the same time. Sean and I were early guests of that show. And then when Podcast of the Dam came about, I was his first guest. Yeah. yeah we what? did Reanimator, and then I, we did Event Horizon. And I was like, I'm honored to have you, to be your first guest. This is great. But oh. we've been friends for so long. Yes. So he's 
so he's uh, an amazing human being. I love him to death. Oh, oh me we, too. We've been friends for for so long. I tell I tell him all the time. Same. I'm like, hey, you're the reason that I'm here today. And he's like, oh, and I have uh, a feeling like that's probably how you found us. No, I I actually found y'all relatively at the same time. Honestly, well, yeah. Well, I guess we we were working together a lot. And that that and may we have been what it was. Kind of in the same places. Yes. And yeah, so that makes sense, I guess. That yeah. that may have been what it what it was, but I had shit. I was all in on behind the screens when he had it. I had my fucking behind the screens t shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, I loved behind the screens, but um, you know, a hundred percent support podcast of Nam, and it's really oh, fun. podcast Nam's is amazing. Oh, love it, love it. But yeah, Nico, I love guest. Nico. Like Nico crazy. is hilarious. The what? Nico. Oh um, fucking Nico kills me. We were talking he's... about Reanimator because the first time I guessed it, Nico was on there. The second time it was with Event Horizon, it was just me and Ian. But that was a great fucking episode. Just a little bit more serious in tone, but um, for me anyway. I mean, I don't get super serious, but uh, too much. But uh, yeah, when we did uh, Reanimator, we were talking about the lady who kept hiding the dildos. Oh in god. The, uh, and we and we had to talk about the head giving head scene because you know. Oh, you um, have to. I, if you, you, I may have posted on Twitter, but if you follow my Instagram, um, I, I just met Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs. Oh my God, I hate that so much. When I went I love, to New Jersey, everybody was yeah. like, bring Jeffrey Combs home in your suitcase. I was like, no, Barbara Crampton for me. Barbara Crampton home, yes. to be honest. Yes. She is, but, she's the best. So my reanimator poster, they both signed in green, and I, and, and Jeffrey Combs is like, well, what do you want me to sign? I'm like, well, could you put it to Candy? And put cat dead details later. And he made like the note. And made it an actual note. And I met him first. And I went to Barbara. And I, we did a photo up with her. And then I went to Barbara. And she's she's wonderful. Sweetheart. Oh, and yeah. she kept complimenting my dress. That dress I'm in in all those pictures that I posted. Uh, I think it's my uh, my picture. The photo up with her is my on my personal Twitter. The, the My profile. But she wrote... Where's Rufus? Which is the cat. So I have the cat-themed autographs from them on my reanimator poster. That's incredible. Yeah, now, that's if, amazing. If I could, if I could get Jeffrey Combs to write cat dead details later on a yellow scratch pad, I would. Yeah, and see, that was the thing. It's like I, you know, because I thought he would just write the quote, but he wrote it and then made it a sticky note, and he drew it in there with the green marker, and it looks fucking cool. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah that's he's, funny he's really great he's got a great sense of humor oh i'm sure he does yeah he's just reanimator is one of my favorite films of all time oh mine too not mine gonna too. lie oh i love reanimator oh anyway anyway back back to what i was talking about though oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i do that <laughs> no you're fine um so it's it was hilarious because you know ian and i have been friends for a long time started the podcast and and all that. And I know I volunteer, not volunteer, but you guys were, you had put out a list about different movies. And this was early on. This was before, maybe, I think it was before I either dropped my first episode or maybe after that I did my first one. And so you put out a list of movies and I was like, hey, I'd like to, you know, if, if you'd like, I'll, I'll come on the show. But obviously I'll wait my turn because I, hey, I'm, I'm the new guy and I understand that. So, but what was funny is I'm talking to Ian behind the scenes this this whole time and i don't know if you've seen some of my twitter posts but i am notorious for my horror hot takes uh i, I kind of rile yes, people yes. up i love your horror hot takes because just 
just if they because they make me laugh a lot <laughs> <laughs> but mine are just as scandalous no so i'm talking to ian and i'm like candy is gonna hate me i'm like i i i'm so worried about ever coming on the show because i am not the biggest nightmare on elm street fan and <gasps> I, I, oh sacrilege <laughs> no freddy freddy's my dude i know I, I know you guys talk about that all the time and it comes uh, up. I, I Well, it's a con it comes up in like, we'll be talking about some random fucking movie that is not even slightly connected. And I'm just like, I love Freddy. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know you do, Candy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't get into the first one with the googly arms and that ending. And I know well, the goofy arms part just makes me fucking laugh. It's great. It, it is. But you know what? But I do appreciate it. That, that's the thing. I appreciate it. And I understand why people love it. And it's iconic. And That's the it, important part. Like, I understand why people like Lost Boys. I tell them, like, wow, that movie sucks ass. Oh, man. And they're like, well, you don't like the Lost Boys? I'm like, no, I don't. And I don't like Monster Squad either. Suck my dick. I don't like Monster Squad either. Thank you. You're the only, literally, I've been in the horror community for years. You're the only other person who's agreed with me on that. Thank you. Yes. No, it's it is it's Completely too silly, overrated. and it is overrated. Yes, I I don't I don't get it. I get the. It's not funny. It's it's not, not clever. It's it's like well, you know, when I was a kid, I'm like, yeah, when you were a kid. But then people are gonna shell over me for my Return of the Living Dead too. That was me as a kid. That yeah. was my Monster Squad. Thank Nost you. Candy nostalgia is a poison. I always say that. I say nostalgia because <laughs> I, I like to like paraphrase from Pulp Fiction. I'm like nostalgia fucks with you. Yeah. I'm like, and, it will fuck with you. But I so let me let let me put this out there. So my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. So I do like the franchise, and I do oh, watch good. the first one. Um, my favorites in the franchise are Part Two and New Nightmare. And we just did New Nightmare, um, and that that hasn't been released yet. We recorded it on Thursday, but uh, as of when we're recording this podcast, but. Um, yeah, too. We did a great. That was our season three finale, and we mm -hmm. had. Yeah, I yoked it because I like to, you know, because I'm like Mimi, Miss Bossy, um, and I make the fucking schedule. I pick the fucking movies. Yeah. So, um, I yoked it. I said you have to watch the Scream Queen documentary with it, and we had one of the people who toured with Mark Patton, who I think is just a god, and um, he he's so important in the community and the queer horror community i mean he's just he's an icon he's a but, wonderful um, person yeah and it's and it's like i consider it almost a standalone freddy universe picture yeah you know, it, like it doesn't fit with the other films and that's it doesn't. a good thing it's a good thing and so we you know i'm i'm famous for changing people's minds i've actually gotten ian to change his mind about scores about different sequences and movies like i'm very convincing I make good convincing arguments or I'm just persuasive. I don't know which one. Um, you just gave me a new, a new idea for, for future episodes. Well, I am extremely persuasive if that ever comes in handy. Yeah, but, we, uh, cause we're going to have debate you. episodes. Debate episodes nice. coming up, guys. You want me on there. I was on the debate team. Okay, um, good. We'll, we'll, we'll get a panel together and we'll, we'll debate some stuff. That's, um, I just I'm thought in. of that. It's like, I'm just... in. Right, See, I would good. keep a scratch pad next to me, even though I didn't make notes for this usually because I have a note journal and I have I put stickers on each one and shit like I'm, you know, I'm such a little 80s girl, but um, yeah, I always keep a scratch pad keeper. next to me. 
because I get, I have ADD that I do not take meds for because I'm on benzos, I'm on narcotics, I'm like, you know, I feel like my ADD is my creativity, so I get all these ideas and I have all these scribbled notebooks everywhere. So it's good. Write it down. Yeah. Thing. Oh, I've got, I've got that. So, well, so Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> so Nightmare on Elm Street. The reason, so the reason I like two and New Nightmare the most is because they're the most nihilistic. And I think that goes they're back to They're very dark. Films. They are. And I think and that's... I like that. We just talked about, like I said, I'm, I'm previewing my episode, but I do that all the time. Um, we just talked about how dark, you know, New Nightmare is. And well, our discussion on um, part two, again, plugging my own show, but not meaning to do that. Hey, um, plug the fuck out of it. I don't care. But um, <laughs> it's our season three finale, and it's, it's an episode I'm very, very proud of. Like some episodes, I'm like, yeah, that was fun, but... There's some that I'm really proud of, and that one is what I'm very proud of. It was a great discussion. We had a great guest. We got to talk about funny things. We got to talk about where this film ranks for us, and I was very pleased with how people ranked it. Yeah. Very pleased because it was so universally hated for so long. It's it's the Halloween 3 of the Freddy franchise. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that I, I'm, I love that episode. I really, really do. Okay. It's so great. It is. It is. Shit. We've gone, we've gone way the fuck off. This, I this... warned you. I did warn you. <laughs> I was, I mean, to be fair, I warned you. you. Warned the... I'm so bad about this. That's how persuasive those... I am. You didn't even know that you were doing it. This is going to be one of those uh, WTF episodes. <laughs> like, wait, wait, we're, Anytime that I'm go? on an episode, my name is sort of well known in the horror community at this point. They're going to be like, oh, Candy's on there. Okay. We're in for a wild ride. <laughs> I do this to everybody. I'm no, like, that, what do people want me on their show? <laughs> I'm here for it. This is this is the best thing ever. Okay. We'll get back into Night of the Creeps and then we'll give All our right. ratings because we've gone way the fuck off the rails. <laughs> That's what I do. What is your favorite scene in this movie? Mm, God, you know... The... Okay, uh, here's a secret about me that's not a secret. Okay. Because uh, I say it on my show a lot. I'm sure you've heard me say it. I never have one favorite anything. Oh, sure, yep. Yeah. So, kind of splitting it up, um, I really like, and, and I know this is this is the dark side. I like the scene where Detective Cameron's not smoking, and we don't quite realize what's going on yet. Yeah. And, but then when he goes and, you know, uh, Chris, who we, he calls Spanky, um, he goes to the door and he takes the tape off the door. I'm like, holy shit, he was going to kill himself. Um, and, uh. You know, uh, he's basically that knock on the door saved his life. Right. But I feel like it's an important scene in the film because later when Detective Cameron sacrifices himself, it's sort of a precursor to get us ready for that. Like when the JC thing happens, we were not prepared. None of us were. Yeah. I kind of choke up at that part because I'm like, I love JC. And I, I know. It's so sad. Yeah, it's so cute. It's, I mean, it's weird because he's the only only person in the film who gets slugged and still is able to communicate but it's, yeah, he moves fast he's, he's definitely quicker and smarter than the rest of the characters is, and you can tell that he's very quick-witted just from the beginning of the movie where he's like if you want to marry her i have to break it to you you, you might gotta have to talk, talk to her, her. first yeah yeah <laughs> gonna have to talk to her yeah. um so you know you just know how quick-witted he is so he moves fast 
Right. Okay. He wants I... to figure out how to defeat them. So that's a really heartbreaking scene too. But I think it's necessary to kind of break that up so we can get back into the comedy and the action, whatever. But um, favorite favorite scene. Um, gonna have Tom Atkins in it. I'm sure. I I I'm trying to pick like out of those. <laughs> Um, you want me to go first or you, while you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, because I, I need to think about which one. <laughs> okay, and you can completely agree with me because I'm right. But okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite scene is when he has got Chris and he, you know, he invites him in and he's telling what happened and how he killed that, that, <laughs> oh, that the axe murderer. I'm fucking fine. And Chris, like his reaction to it is just so funny when he's like, um, should you be telling me this? Or I forget exactly how he says it, but it's basically yeah, like, yeah, he's aside like, are from you confessing to, be to a murder. telling me this? Or... <laughs> and, and then, because Detective Cameron, he's like so caught up in his story. Yeah. And then he's like, um, guess what happens next? And he's like, are you supposed to be telling me this? He's like, close. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> so saying, fucking close. dark. It's so dark. but It's, it's dark, but it's you hilarious. can't help laugh because cause he's like, well, what happened next? And then that part where he's like, should you be telling me this? You're close. Uh, but oh yeah, it just keeps what going. What I did was was shoot him and and bury him underneath this, you know, in this vacant lot that's now the house mother's place. And it's like, what? <laughs> oh God, Tom Atkins, I love you, sir. Um, you were the and best. And he plays a cop so well. He's in a cop in like fucking every movie practically. Yeah, because he's so fucking commanding. He's either a cop or a doctor. Oh uh, yeah, because some... he's a doctor in um Halloween three. But yeah. except for the fog, where he's still the fucking hero. Um, he's just a, he's just a dude, but he just has that uh, presence, though. Even without the mustache, and and that's that when we did our fog episode, which is one of our top five downloaded episodes. Um, everybody keeps bitching about mustacheless Tom. I'm like, it, the mustache is there in 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 spirit because the power is still there. Yeah. He's still our fucking hero. But anyway, that's that's my favorite. So if you have you thought have you thought of one? Like I said, you can agree with me. You decide to. That's a great one. I don't because you know rewatching that last night. That's, I always laugh at that one, that part. But it's also really well. Like Tom Atkins is a thousand percent into that. Oh yeah. Like you can tell he's not completely there, and and he conveys that so well. Yeah. But I kind of like. Uh, I mean, my autograph from him says Brony, of course. I've I got mean, good so, news and bad news, girls. <laughs> dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. I was talking about, actually, last night, I like the scenes. Oh, so I'm going to pick two. Just just to pick something, because they're, I could go on, and I have a million favorites of okay. everything. Sure, but yeah. I'll pick two, because there were two that I remarked upon last night that I always enjoy. And one of them I have autographed from him, but uh, it's the scene where we have that really cool panning shot where he's holding the shotgun. And he's like, I already killed you once, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, but and we and he's holding his, you know, his trusty twelve gauge. Um, I just love the way that's shot. I love his commitment. I love, you know, how he jumps over the fence even. Like everything about that scene is masterful. Um, and it's a great scene. Um, and I also like that moment where, you know, he's surrounded by the creeps in the the sorority house. And everybody's outside. We got Jill Whitlow with the flamethrower. I was talking about their, you know, Chris and um, 
uh, Cynthia's relationship is me and Sean's. You know, she's the bossy take charge one, and he's like, "Here, why don't you take the flamethrower?" <laughs> you know that. Cynthia, that's do it. Like I'm fucking badass. I'll do it. I'm bossy. Yeah. And uh, you know, so that's how it works, and it's done wordlessly too. You know, like he's wearing it, and next thing you know, she's wearing it, and we're like, "Yeah, that's about right." Um, she should be. But, uh, yeah, the other one is, you know, he's in, alone in the frat house, and he's reloading his gun, and he's surrounded by the creeps, and he's like, you know, and we already know that he's wanted to give up, you yeah. know, we already had that scene that we, the dark scene we talked about, but then, he, you know, he does that really cool action Tom Atkins scene, where he's, like, screaming, because he sees his girlfriend's picture, because that was her sorority house, Oh yeah. and he starts screaming, and, ah, you know, we get this round shot of him. The swivel camera, yep. Yeah, I love it. So they're both involve great camera work and just a hundred percent commitment from Tom Atkins. Uh, clearly, there are a million scenes that are great in this, but like me, they're always going to have the Tom Atkins in there. Just that makes it just a little bit better. Okay. So, yeah. But but yeah, I just think they're they're great cinema work. I mean, just everything was firing on all cylinders in those scenes. All right. So we've established Tom Atkins is God, and yes, yes, this is a thing. Uh, we went off the rails, guys. Uh, so. This, this is a movie you should check out. It's fucking awesome. It's hilarious. It's it's brilliant. Uh, it's but funny. It's dark. It's it's homages. I mean, it's 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 a great film. It's fucking amazing. So, uh, but we'll have to wrap this uh, this section up because if we don't, we're going to be here until uh, six p.m. tonight. So, yeah, I could easily do that too. No, I know I, I could too. It's <laughs> you know what's funny is I saw somebody. You know, there's always those fucking snarky ass comments on. Oh. Um, on Twitter. And yeah. so one girl was saying that something about how there's no reason uh, or why would you even do a podcast that's over an hour and a half? And I was like, okay, we kind of, yeah, fuck off. Well, I don't, well those people <laughs> are the ones that have this super formatted. This is why we'll never be like a top podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, we, I don't we care. Are six, we are a successful podcast. Yes. I'll put it that way. But we'll never be a top podcast because people are like, that's a two and a half hour long episode. And there's like eight motherfuckers on it. But the thing is, is like, you know, those people are the ones that have that super formatted, okay, we're going to, you know, in section one, I don't like to do that. We have no format. And I'll, I'll sometimes talk over people and just be like, I'm going first. I want to always go first. We know that. I'm always like, I'm going first on ratings. As me, usual. me, me. Yeah, I am very Mimi. And we'll get to that in just a second. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, if they see my name, they usually know we're in for a ride, a long one. Well, shit, I'm here for it. That's this is this is definitely going to be the longest episode. But you know what? <laughs> I, um, I knew that before we went into this. I'm like, he has no clue. He I did no not idea. know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I kind of had an inkling, but I had I did not know. But that's fine. Not a hundred percent prepared, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I, I I'm having a good fucking up. time, so that's all that matters. That's that's what I'm all about having fun, and sometimes that goes on forever because I like to have fun for a long time. It's great. That's true. That is absolutely. Uh, really yeah, you suck sometimes. You, yeah, you give me a three-hour movie where I'm having fun, then you know what? I'm. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, we'll get in. We'll get in. Oh, well, first of all, we'll do this. So uh, obviously, we didn't talk for shit about most of it, although you know, <laughs> saying that that we liked it. But is there is there anything else that you want to talk about before we get into ratings for this one? <laughs> well, there's a part in the movie that I think some people would shave points off for, but Sean and I, it's one of our favorite scenes. We're like, oh, it's coming up, it's coming up. Okay. It's, it's really badly done. When they're, okay, the, the driver of the bus sees the dog, right? 
Mm -hmm. Oh, God, the, yes. With all the dudes in there with fucking beer signs, a glass beer sign. Why the fuck would you take that on a bus? Anyway, like, get a fucking can of beer or a bottle. I don't like beer, whatever. Um, I, I like liquor. But oh, I, wait, what's your... Okay, so, sorry to interrupt. What's your favorite liquor? Uh, Kinky Vodka. I drink girly okay. drinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have, like, watermelon Kinky Vodka in there, and I mix it with Sprite, and that's my okay. drink of choice. But I usually drink, like, the frozen drinks or Sex on the Beach, really fruity stuff that sure. doesn't taste very alcohol. I like my stuff, everything to be sweet. That is very so, girly of you. Um, I am extremely feminine. I'm like Mimi. I'm bossy, but feminine. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I want love hearts that. and candy and horror. So I am, I don't know, straight dude, I guess. So I'm like whiskey um, and just, you know, room temperature, you know, straight, neat whiskey um, and preferably scotch. Although Sean is a liquor snob. He likes flavored whiskeys. Like he likes, he's into this peanut butter whiskey. Oh no. Oh God, whiskey. I hate that shit. I hate it. I hate it so oh, much. It's, it, I don't, I won't touch fucking whiskey. I, I don't, I don't, I stick to vodka and flavored vodkas or like you know, Malibu rum, very girly shit. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm very feminine. Sure. But it, it's, uh, you know, because uh, in this in, in this uh, kind of community, they expect you to be a little masculine. I am extremely feminine. Oh, fuck that. that, yeah, that I'm like, all right. I, I like a, to a paint my note. nails and talk about gore. Yes. I love the goriest, scariest films there are. But anyway, so Sean no. is a beer yeah. snob. So he drinks like this designer fucking beer. And I think, all, and he's like, you should try this one. It's flavored with you know, grapefruit and coconut or I'm like, ew, it still tastes like fucking beer. Yeah. Okay. Man, we, we are hijacking the fucking episode. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, Not on purpose. Not on purpose. No, no. That, anyway, God damn it. We're, we're doing it again, Katie. We're doing it. I, I told you I'm bad. Okay. On a scale of <laughs> scale of, you. of one to five, how many shotguns of the to the face and people don't even fucking know what movie we're talking about anymore <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we're talking about night of the creeps, night of the creeps the yeah we are amazing. talking about night of the creeps it's amazing go watch it go watch that movie please do it's it's a good party movie and it's also good for you kicking back on a a weekend just to chill drink a okay. beer if that's your thing son of a bitch i have no idea what what what's even gonna happen when we get into this next one anyway Oh, one, Psycho Gorman's so crazy, and I'm going to be right in my element. Okay, one to five, shotguns to the face. What are you giving Night of the Cruise? Mm. I, I have to say five. I can't, I'm trying, I'm sitting here, that's, that was what the hesitation was, was, like, I'm trying to find something wrong with it. There's yeah. nothing wrong with this movie. Not ever. Not at all. There is nothing wrong with this movie in the slightest. You can, this is one of the most fun experiences you can ever have. Oh, yeah. However, uh, me being the asshole and. Uh, <laughs> You're not an asshole. You just have your own opinion. That's okay. Uh, yeah. So coming up, spoiler alert, I do prefer the, the, the other movie that we're going to talk about just a little bit more. So with that being said, I have to give Night of the Creeps four and a half, four and a half shotguns to the face out of. Okay, so can I ask what the half is for? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Okay. You know what? That's an acceptable answer, though. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I, there is 
something on an instinctual level that just happens when I watch Psycho Goreman that, you know, and I love. Yeah, I guess I was reading it on its own and not in comparison. Yeah. And that that's always what I do. I told you that. I told you that. I like. I, I know, always... but I'm just, I just do my, th- I'm, I'm so used to the way that we do things. And I just, I rate from, like I told you, I, I, I don't know if this was pre-recording or not. Um, but you know, I rate from the heart. I'm not a critic. Yeah. Um, I rate for how it makes me feel and how much I watch it, how much I go back to it. Yeah. So that, that's how I rate things. So, um, but I always say on my show, you can, def- you can defend your answer however you want with your rating and it's totally okay. Yeah, you can hate the fucking movie, and that's okay. No, I always come. I always compare movies, so I'm like, all right, do I like this one more than I like this one? I don't. Oh, see, with these two, I can't. It's like picking between my children. It's Sophie's fucking choice here. It's it's. When you said Psycho Gorman, I was like, oh my god, this is the double bill of all time. (laughs) Okay, let's get into that. All right, right. Psycho Gorman, starring uh, Dita Jose Hanna. I hope I say I'm saying that right. Kristen McCulloch. Rich Evans, Owen Meir, Malcolm Ninabear, Stephen Valios, and others directed by Stephen Kostansky. So this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It, it is a the... funny story about how I got to see this film. But okay, yes, please. I agree. Please, go ahead. Okay, so um, I make the schedule and <laughs> my Mimi showing. Um, I make the schedule. I pick the films, and um, like like right now on season five is the season of we're actually doing the first movie because we've done like the first Jason movie we did, we did was part eight because I I love Jason Takes Manhattan, so like we haven't even done the first Friday the Thirteenth film. But anyway, so this was one um, before it even hit Shutter. Um, Nico and Rob were like, "You have to. We have to do Psycho Goreman." And I was like, okay. Now, I, now, I'm also infamous for hating trailers. I don't like trailers because I think that they they falsely advertise what's in the film. Yeah. So I never, I never believe a trailer. So I watched the trailer, and I'm like, I'm not sold on this. And they dragged me, and, and you know, Sean did too, kicking and screaming. I did not want to do this film. It just looks stupid. I didn't. The trailer does, does not do this film justice. Let me tell you that. So I sat down and watched it, and by the end, I was the biggest fucking fan in the world of this movie. So that's my story of how I saw Psycho Gorman. I've never seen the trailer. Like, to this day, I, I never, and I, like, like you, I hate the damn trailers. And I've never seen most of the trailers that are out there, just because, yes, it either, one, it's, it's either going to ruin it, or two, it. Yeah, just totally misrepresents whatever it is that you're going to see. So I don't trust them. People are like, oh, the new trailer for, you know, the Star Wars thing. And I I love Star Wars. I really do. Star Wars is a huge part of my life. But I I don't watch any of the trailers. Because I'm like, I hate them. They're like, it dropped today. I'm like, that's fucking great for you then. I don't care. I'll wait till it comes out. Because I know I'm going to fucking watch it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're already going to watch the movie, I mean, why... I sit through the trailer just don't put yourself through that guys but i gotta i gotta specifically thank nico and rob for dragging me kicking and screaming into this film because i i was not sold they they were like pushing the trailer on me you know i just this movie just came out and i they had they had bought it through physical media or on voodoo before it hit shutter 
and uh and they were like we got to cover it right now because we covered it right when it came out oh that's awesome uh, last year and yeah yeah our episode is really fucking fun about it and i dress up as mimi too <laughs> I, I cosplay a lot and um and i do like makeup looks or whatever like i just did my freddy one the other night but um yeah, we all do that on the show because we do we record on video. Although we don't release it, it's we interact because we can look at each other, and it's a way to dress up and have fun with your friends. You know, like fuck around, um, wear a cool T-shirt. You know, like uh, I got this Dick Miller fucking shopping mall shirt on today. Like I want to show these to people. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's that's how I saw Psycho Gorman, and I'm so fucking thankful that they did that because usually nobody picks the I I pick the movies. I pick what we're going to talk about, and they were like, pencils of scent and candy. I'm like, okay, fine, because I made you guys, I tortured them by making them watch Blood Feast and some shit in season two, which I never did again by torturing people on picking an intentionally bad movie. So I was like, all right, I owe you guys, and I did it, and I'm glad. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, and they're kind of like you said, there are two main complaints, so like any movie there are people who love it people who don't like it and there's always oh, yeah. two complaints with this movie the low budget who i mean whatever because the effects in this movie are fucking fantastic for me like and i learned this because i'm the romero snob and i grew up on it take away their money make them get creative it makes for a better film yeah it's oh my goodness that it's so good like yeah their use of everything in this movie and the, the limited budget that they have, they use it so good. Oh, they but, stretched that dollar till it squeaked. Oh, they did. But Mimi is the other one. It, and Oh, God. Everybody hates her or loves her. Exactly. Her. And see, that's the thing is because I am Mimi, I, I realize how how people view me now. because <laughs> And we'll get into how I'm Mimi. But, um, yeah, um. Uh, you know, I'm I'm that same way. People either love me or hate me. There's no middle ground. <laughs> there really isn't. People, most people love me, but sure. there are some people who are like, "Candy, you're so fucking annoying," and I'm like, I can't help being who I am. <laughs> no, of course not. And so, for all of you out there that don't like Mimi, you can go fuck yourself. No, <laughs> I was gonna say it. And you it. Go fuck yourself. Okay, you don't have to like it. You can uh, not watch the movie or never watch it again. That's fine. It's more for me. No, this is for me. Mimi is my spirit animal. Uh, oh, she... God, me too. I am Mimi. So how do you relate to this person? Um, okay, so Mimi knows what she wants. Um, I had younger brothers, although Luke is clearly older than her in the film. But I, my brothers are three and a half years younger than me, and they're twins, so they, that 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 does factor in. But I, I, you know, I was the older sister, bossing everybody around, telling them what to do, pulling mean pranks, you know, saying oh, I'm the champion, and you have to do what I fucking say, and you know, um. So as a kid, I was Mimi, but also like, you know, like we're bio cop hands are the heart, you know. Why would you waste a nice card on this? You know, um, she's very feminine and, you know, she's not ashamed of that, but she's also very bossy and she can play a mean game of crazy ball. Oh, so yeah. that's just like, so me. And, and also I am very bossy. I don't mean to be just like, I don't mean to talk so much, but I can't help it. I'm just used to taking charge. 
I'm yeah, just used to being the boss and being in control, and it, it comes out. And I'm not like mean bossy like she gets, but I'm bossy. And maybe it was, oh my god, like and just... I do not work well with others. I mean, obviously, I can be friends <laughs> with people, but it's like you know, group projects. I'm like, just let me do it. I don't trust you with my fucking grades. Let me fucking do it. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, so the job that I do, I am able to pass things down to other people, but I never do. I always handle all that shit myself because I don't trust those people. To exactly, do it. exactly. Like, let me do it. Yeah. But also, like everything that I do, I'm the boss. Yeah. Like. You know, and I, I'm not trying to take away from the podcast members because I love them spending their time and, and we do a lot of research on the show. But I'm, I am I make the schedule. I pick the movies. Um, I boss everybody around and they let me do it. Bless their hearts. I love them. I mean, it is your show. So. <laughs> well, and not just that, you know, but it's my husband's show too. That's why I'm glad yeah. he's getting time in the limelight now because he's my silent partner because he's, he's a quiet guy um, until you get him talking. You got to poke him a little bit. Stick. That's what I do. But uh, I'm like, hey, how was your day? Fine. I'm like, I need more details. Um, but see, I'm like that. I just, I know what I want and I ask for it. I, or I demand it, let's say. Nicely, but I Nicely. demand it. And like my makeup company, I'm the boss. I made, I, I created it. I made it. You know, when I write articles, you know, I wrote that. <laughs> you know, that's my thing. I don't want people you know like obviously i took it and erica joined uh final girl cosmetics but you know and, and we work well together we we're actually writing something together so you know maybe i'm growing a little bit but you know um but i'm just my whole life i've been bossy and in control of everything i have to be the boss when i when i worked at video stores i was always the boss when i worked at gamestop when it was funco land i was the fucking boss i was the store manager i was the boss you know any everything I do in the house, I am the boss. What what video store did you work at? Uh, several. I prefer mom and pops. I hated Blockbuster, although Blockbuster okay. threw a lot of money in my face. Blockbuster. And, uh, okay. I hate yeah. Blockbuster. It's evil. Um, they got rid of their <laughs> horror section. And did they? Killed... Yeah, I was working there when it happened. I had to get rid of them, and I'm like, why are you doing this? Um, some people are like, oh, you know, I, I, now this is a pet peeve of mine when people are on Twitter are like, oh, I miss those Friday night blockbuster nights. I'm like, why? So you could not get a horror movie. They have like five. <laughs> it was the Exorcist and whatever new bullshit was out. And most of it was crap. They didn't have like smaller titles like uh, Audition or, um, you know, when J-Horror would trickle over, you had to go to mom and pops for that. So I mostly worked at small video stores. Uh, small local chains. My mom did the same thing when I was growing up. That's how I saw so many horror movies. Plus, she was a horror fan, and she was a, you know, basically a single mom. And she was like, "Well, you're the oldest. You need. I need somebody to watch horror with me." And uh, so that was me. So I carried that torch. And um, so the the only seedy part, because we would get stuff like a spit on your grave, faces of death, and shit like yeah. that. But the only seedy part about small small chains is that we had a porn section. And always, always the porn because section. Because I was the boss. Yeah. I would never go back there. I delegated that. Okay. Like, I'm not going back in there. I won't do it. Because it, once I did, and it smelled so abysmal and, like, sweat and weird Oh, things. no. And, and, you know, being the only female, because I was always the only female working at these, you know, video game stores or mostly video stores. Um, And that's odd, because a lot of women did work at video stores, but not around yeah. here. 
Um, I was the boss, and I was just like, I went back there once. I felt like I was going to get sexually assaulted by these men. I'm not going back there. That is, so yeah. I delegated. That's what bosses do. That's that what champions do. That has got to be do. one of the most creepiest things that I've ever heard. Yeah. One day I thought I was going to get raped. I was pregnant with my daughter, and uh, I, you know, when I had to open the store, I opened it alone. You know, I had to go in early in the morning and and make the deposit and get the you know change for the drawers and whatever. And I, and I would work by myself until, you know, somebody came in around one and, you know, we always have people lining up to get porn in the mornings. Oh my God. And, and, and it would always be men. And this one guy, like I, like I said, I wouldn't go back in the porn room. I did once and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm the boss. I'm not doing that shit. I will organize the movies. I will redo the whole fucking store. I I will do everything else because I was one of the bosses that I, that was the only thing I ever delegated. I was, I was not afraid to work, but. So I'm working alone, and this guy comes out, and he's got a stack of porn tapes. Holy shit. And, and, and it, that was not unusual. It, I mean, if you ever worked in, in a video store that had a porn section, they didn't rent just one. <laughs> they okay. rented, like, three or four. <laughs> oh and it's usually, God. you know, backdoor passage, <laughs> oh, 12 or something. I'm, I'm trying to tone it down from some of the actual titles here. No, sure, but, yeah. So this guy, it was, it was summer. Uh, not quite summer, but it was starting to become uh, fall. That was right when I found out I was pregnant. And so I wasn't showing yet, but, like, I talk about my boobs on my show all the time, so I hope this doesn't make it feel weird. But I have a, a big chest. I'm, a, I'm an F cup. Sure. But, and, I, and, and even, you know, back when I was, you know, I've always been thin besides now. And and so I was thin, but I had my, when you get pregnant, your boobs get bigger. So right. my boobs were ginormous. <laughs> And, and so he comes up and he rents the tapes and he's eyeing my chest the whole time. And I'm just like, I'm oh my God. I'm, I, back then, I mean, I would just let people sexually harass me like that and just not yeah. say anything. Look at my ass, look at my boobs, make comments about it. And I'd laugh it off, but feel really weird inside. Right. Now I would fight somebody. But back then I was just like, oh, this is sexual harassment. I guess I'm going to take it. But so he's eyeing my chest and he's like, you're a healthy girl. I'm sitting here thinking I'm pregnant. Um, oh, like three God. months pregnant, uh, but not telling you that. And he had these really short cut off shorts on, which, you know, where they were clearly old jeans. Yeah. And he had an erection. Oh my God. And it was, and the shorts were so short, his, 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 his you could see everything going on down there, poking out of the, the, one of the, the legs of these very short shorts. Oh no. And we had a panic button, but it didn't work. Um, it, it had shorted out and it was a small chain, so they couldn't afford to fix it. And I'm sitting here like calculating how quickly can I get to the phone and dial 911. Um, cause I'm like, this guy, there's nobody else in the store. This guy's got a stack of porn. He's got an erection and I can see, you know, the beans and the Frank oh, hanging shit. out of his shorts. And I'm like, I'm about to get raped and I'm fucking pregnant. And, but he left finally. And I was just like, oh, I was never so scared in my life. But it didn't hit me till he left. Like, I was in survival mode. Because the reason I chose the name Fi- Candy the Final Girl is not because it's clever or cute. And because I love Final Girls. Because I do. But it's because I'm actually a real-life Final Girl. I've been through some shit. Like, I-, I survived some shit that I don't know how I survived. You know, a stalker. You know, somebody trying to kill me. That kind of shit. Apparently, so that's... it was like that. So it was like I have this intense anxiety that I've had since I was a child 
So I've got it, and it's always enough to get me through. Like in in times of that, I can stay very calm until it's over. And then when it's over, it hits me. So he left, and I crawled down onto the floor, like you know, there was that whole like kiosk where the registers were, and I started to cry. Oh my god, I started to cry. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I almost got raped. I I, I didn't know what was gonna happen there. But I managed to get through it, and I, I put on, like, a tough face and, you know, just went about my business and, like, please get the fuck out of my store now. But, yeah. I imagine. That, all right. And Sean and I talked about this last week, kind of. We, we touched about this because mm-hmm. covered the covered Revenge and covered Mandy, you know, which has some of those same things. Oh, God, I love Mandy. Mandy is a masterpiece. But when you call it a, you know, like, this is the most metal podcast I've ever done, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty metal. (laughs) It was, yeah, not not just the movies, but the music as well. But But yeah, that's what I was thinking was the music, because we got King Crimson, you know, who was a huge influence on modern metal. And, um, you know, we had a great soundtrack in Mandy, plus just the action. Have you seen Revenge? Yeah, I was watching parts of it. I haven't seen all of it, because I was... I have to nap every day because it helps with my pain. Um, because mm-hmm. uh, like I have nerves that are crushed in my spine, so I nap every day. And uh, I was I was I watched part of it, and then I was like, I have it's nap time for candy. So, so I was like, it is on Shutter, and I'm gonna watch the whole thing because, um, rape revenge films are a specialty of Erica. She did like her uh, graduate thesis on them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we've done stuff like I spit on your grave. Eric and I are very into that, so it's a movie I do want to watch. That's that's insane because it's funny because the same kind of along the same lines. The person who re- recommended Revenge to me was a psychology major, and she did hers on rape revenge films as well. Wow, and, her and Erica should meet. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, when Erica and I, when we do Ghouls Night Out, you get these different differing perspectives, like. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to listen to this episode when we did I Spit on Your Grave, but it was me talking about being raped and her talking about working as a rape crisis counselor and talking about, because we talk about themes within the movie, but into feminism and real life experiences. So, like, here's an uncomfortable movie and we just made it ten times more uncomfortable for you. That's fine. I mean, guys, that's... It has an audience, but people who listen to Ghoul's Night Out are like, wow, that's so different from the regular show where you guys are so serious uh, or or so fun and and you're really serious. And, 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 you know, we're both highly educated women. So, but, you know, coming from, you know, different viewpoints a lot and meeting in the middle and agreeing. So, uh, yeah. So I I like those kind of films. Um, Eric and I are both into extreme horror and rape revenge. I mean, it is. You know what, though? You guys are so much fun on Ghoul's Night Out. I mean, it there you you ride the line perfectly between like fun where you discuss the movie. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of fun, but we also get really serious. I'm glad you listen to Ghoul's Night Out. Um, it has its audience, but it it you know it like if you compare like the listens, um, the thing is is like the show, the regular show has a huge audience. Ghoul's Night Out is where we get critical acclaim, like Mirazaki's uh. The, you know, like, his whole team was big on our Ghoul's Night um, Out episode of I Spit on Your Grave. Their first one was The Love Witch, which is a, an obsession film of mine. But, um, I'm literally in love with her. I've cosplayed as, as Elaine so many times. But, um, 
you know, all the actors and, and, and that's going to go into Psycho Gorman a little bit. But all the actors and, and, and Anna Biller herself, the queen, and the director of The Love Witch. You've seen that movie, right? Oh, I, yeah, of course I've seen The Love Witch. Dude, that's my fucking, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's so, well, I'm. It's, it's great. That's good. But, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll get right back on track because I'm going to lead into that. But it's, it's usually we get the critical acclaim for Ghouls Night Out. The, the critics like that. And they hate the regular show. The fans like the regular show and are iffy on Ghoul's Night Out. But I'm like, I always recommend it to people. I'm like, it's serious, but it's not as serious as you would think. Like, we did Audition, which is one of my favorite ones we ever did. And then we did High Tension, which is our most popular Ghoul's Night Out. Yeah, it's, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's, it's so good. I am, but you know. When we did Psycho Goreman, um, a lot of the actors involved loved our episode. Oh, that's pretty neat. I, I had no idea that they came on and, uh, and talked oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Like, they didn't come on to talk about it, but they reached out well, to Twitter and yeah, tweeted yeah. And, and, and were into it. We, I mean, we, we've obviously had celebrity guests, but, um, and I can help you get some, by the way. Um, but you can get that part <laughs> out. But I, I'll, I'll teach you my tricks. Okay. Um, there's a method to it. <laughs> um, and it's not um, the way other people do it by, like, going, like, hardcore and harassing them um there's a way to it but um but yeah but when we did psycho gourmet um so we'll, we'll put the edit right back in here um, when we did psycho gourmet a lot of them reached out and said they loved the episode and i was really proud of that that's pretty neat especially going into something i thought i was going to hate you thought you were going to hate this movie yeah because of the trailer because they pushed it on me because i don't like being told what to do <laughs> um I, you know, the Mimi and me was actually the fighter against this movie. And, but I had no idea, really, I didn't look any, I, I never liked to look about, like, what it's really about. You know, I, you know, they were just so pushy about it. The more it pushed on me, the more I was reluctant to do it. So I'm really glad I got the push. It was the push I needed to discover this fucking phenomenal movie. Literally one of my favorite movies. <laughs> It is what? constantly showing in my house. Either my kids are watching it because our kids watch like horror with us. I mean, and not like age appropriate horror. Like we introduce them and we're like, we're going to talk this, talk you through this and answer all adult questions, um, you know, in, in a appropriate way. But uh, yeah, like so, somebody's always watching this in my house. My son, his name is Ash. My kids have horror names. Um, my son, Ash, uh, he fucking got obsessed with it. And I'm like, yay good parenting yeah oh yeah you cannot go wrong if somebody loves this movie but it actually works for for you know his age group oh it, it it's so does fuck but like they don't even say like i think fuck is said once right it, it yeah it's if it's you took the gore out it would be age appropriate for you know tweens sure no so and a lot of good people compare this to power rangers uh, you know what? I'm gonna it be. It has a vibe. Yeah, I'm gonna be totally original on this show, guys. This is not Power Rangers. This is Be Hard Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I enjoy Power Rangers, and I because because it so has those kaiju elements that I enjoy. Um, and I'm a weird kaiju person. I like Gamera, but okay. Um, 
But you know, whenever I think of Power Rangers, I think of Voltron, and that's showing how old I am. Oh, Voltron! Like awesome. not the Voltron reboot, the yeah, Voltron, the eighties Voltron, the eighties yes. Voltron, which was god awful. But at the time, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so stupid. But they, they, in, in fact, like my kids love the new Voltron that, that just came out on Netflix. I'm trying to get my son to watch it, but I told him don't watch that one. <laughs> So I did not like Power Rangers at all. Am I wrong? But do we get the Power Rangers theme at the very beginning of this movie when they're playing Powerball? It seems like it. Yeah. I mean, like, it's very derivative, at least, you like know, I'm... to give you that vibe. And that's why I think uh, a lot of people say that because it's like a subconscious subliminal thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's I'm almost positive. That it is the Power Rangers thing, but it might be, yeah. But you know, I think for me, it was a little bit more subliminal the first time I watched it, and then later on, I was like, "Oh, okay," because I yeah, watched like... it a million times. <laughs> oh yeah, like I said, I I was not the biggest Power Rangers fan. How and that's because I enjoyed, like the first season, but it was just because I was high and <laughs> it was. I liked when they do the kaiju fights. I was always waiting for that. Sort of like. You know, when you go see a Star Wars film, you love the you're enjoying it, but you're waiting for the fucking lightsaber battle. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and by this time, so by the time the Power Rangers came out, I'd already seen like Hellraiser and Last House on the Left and some of this crazy shit that that was out there. Depraved fucking horror shit. Yeah. Um, and I was you're a so big desensitized. Yeah. So I, yeah, exactly. So I. That's why so, I don't like Monster Squad. I think I was too old for it, and I was already watching Day of the Dead on repeat. So you know. Uh, that, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, animator that, shit like that. So yeah, by by the time this came out, or not this, but Power Rangers came out, I was way far beyond on that. I'm like, okay, where where's all the blood? Oh, in fact, like something that kind of reminds me of Power Rangers that I'd seen was uh, Guyver. Which is an anime. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. And my kids are, are what they call they call themselves weebs. Because they love Japanese culture and anime and all that. And like my son's an anime club at school. Which is a cool thing to have by the way. But um, I have not seen it. My my anime tends to be like Death Note. Sailor Moon. Like a <laughs> little bit of girly. A little bit of dark. Uh, Blood Plus. Shit like that. Yeah, Guyver is kind of along the same lines uh tentatively I, I don't know it's so you know you have a special suit that they that this hero gets and then he just ends up fucking monster but it's extremely violent uh nice yeah nice. where they're ripping off arms and you know he's got a chest cannon uh i mean it you know they had like i don't know have you seen them probably not since you weren't you know totally into guyver but they had two movies that came out in the u.s did you ever see those? I'm aware of them, but no, I did not. <laughs> They're terrible. Oh, with the first one. Well, terrible. just like, have you seen the Death Note movie? No, absolutely no. unacceptable. Yeah, I stayed away from it. I, I yeah, have don't. watched. Yeah, not I've watched one. the anime. The anime is one of my favorite animes. Yeah, it's so. Oh my goodness, it's so good. I love Elle so much. I have like my daughter. You know, she goes to college. She goes to hair and art school, which is prestigious art school here in indy and um 
you know, she has painted things of Elle for me. Because Elle's my favorite character. Fucking hate light so much. He's such a douche. I kind of like light. <laughs> really? Because he's such a whiny little bitch. <laughs> yeah. And he's terrible. Like, yeah, Elle is, is such terrible. a genuinely... I mean, he's he's unique and interesting and um, kind of hot. Um, we, oh, wait. We, we do have anime crushes in this house. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, I don't know. And he, you know, kind of looks a little emo-ish, which is a little my taste. And, uh, you know, and he was just such an interesting character. And just light from, like, moment one. And then all the stuff he did to, to poor me, so I'm like, I just like, ugh, why, you terrible, terrible person. Okay, wait, all right, let me let me stop you, all right, because I've seen the show once, so like I've watched it all the way through one time. Uh huh. So which one is L and which one's the light? Like, it's light the detective. Light's the main character who finds the who gets the death note. Oh no 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 yeah fuck light I like L. You're yeah, thinking about L then he's the one that yeah. like sits really strange and is always yeah. eating. Oh, I love, I love Elle so much. Thanks, that's what I'm talking cool. about. I love Elle. Light is a whiny little bitch. Yeah. And and he's terrible. Like, Elle, you know, he's the precocious, you know, investigator who's who's very, um, you know, different. I just like the way he sits, even. Like, there's, he's just such an interesting fucking character. So, he's one of my favorite anime characters of all time. Yeah, I do love Elle. Okay, so reverse that. I, I don't like Light. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, who likes Light? Nobody likes Light. Nobody he's likes terrible. Light. <laughs> he's terrible. Yeah, he's, I mean, you kind of understand where he's coming from in the beginning. Um, yeah, and then you're just like, after a while, you're just like, why are you like this? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of that, you know, the, the trope or whatever. That, you know, and not to corrupts. give away the twist uh, of, of what happens, but when he kills off some certain characters i get really fucking mad yeah yeah i do too okay so yeah we're on board now okay we're tracking so i like l <laughs> care for like that yeah fuck like <laughs> oh my god uh, we're doing it again candy we're doing it again All right. i told you i told you this is this is what i do i'm really good at leading people into like these side tracks with me i uh my husband in his kindest moments called me a female joe bob <laughs> okay like back to the movie but talks for 15 more minutes yeah exactly and okay and he's talking like and where you're so far off the track you're like where's he going with us <laughs> but i'm like it all ties back i promise all right we'll, we'll come we'll come back around full circle definitely yes okay so the introduction of eg what did you think you know so I mean, we, we've skipped so much already about the, uh, I, I, we can talk about it if, if, if you want to, the like, crazy, crazy ball. ball. I love the yep. way she says it. Crazy ball. Crazy ball. <laughs> crazy ball. I even like the way she talks. It's so much like me. I know. She's so much fun. So, uh, okay. Like she literally is making her brother dig his own grave. <laughs> dig his own grave. Like, literally, like, and she's like, hurry up before I have to go inside and go to bed. <laughs> it's great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mimi, Mimi is the best thing in the entire planet. I love when they're, they're little knocking language. Oh, yeah. And, okay. Um, and I, I love Greg, too, the dad. I fucking I hate, hate Greg. I, I, I love hate him because I love him because I hate him, but I love the mom because she knows the knocking language and that's so mom because uh, yeah. I am a mother, you know, 
and like because they're like knocking back and forth between the rooms and what if it's was that grandma like what if she comes back from the dead and then mimi knocks back i told you grandma's in hell forever and he's like oh okay <laughs> that's so luke Oh, okay, but that was my quote. I, you know, when we pick our quotes, because that's how we do our show. We, you know, hi, I'm Candy Final Girl. Quote from the movie, and yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna do a quote that's not spoken. And I put, and I, my mom was like, hi, I'm Candy the Final Girl. I told you, Grandma is in hell forever, and I said it like Mimi, you know. But anyway, sorry to get to PG. That's the best thing ever. Killers and just totally fucks them up. It's so great. Like, he just goes up to them and rips their fucking heads off. And we got, like, these these fucking, you know, crazy blood squirts. And I'm just like, I am here for this. And then he's like, the guy's like, I don't want to die. Then live forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like, his eyes roll back in his head. And <laughs> it's great because it's, it's funny it's gross. Well, I mean, it's gross if you're not into gore, I guess. I love sure. gore. I think, like, right. I was talking about, you know, uh, I commented on your Evil Dead mashup, you know, your, your that combo that you were doing. And Sean and I, that was a date movie for us. We went, when the Evil Dead reboot came out, and we laughed at the gore. That's and it's amazing. not because, like, it was stupid. It was right. great. I, like, gore makes me laugh. Like, Dead Alive, that's a, that's a fucking good time for me. I laugh nonstop because it's so gory. Party's over. But, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, so, like, I immediately I'm giggling. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I like this. I love oh, it. me too. I knew. And I love how the parts of their bodies are strewn all over that back um, fence type thing. The yeah. whole movie. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> the yeah. kids never take it down. They're just like, hmm, kind of like it. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead because the, just to briefly talk about the like the next part when they go to school and you know it's before they actually meet PG. So you know PG gets introduced and Psycho Gorman and yeah fucks those those guys up. He rips their heads off and it's so yeah. I I was like okay this is this is a film for me. This is yes, good. I was already in, and I was like, I'm so glad they forced me to watch this, and we're not even that far into the movie. No, we're like, we're like 10 minutes. 10 minutes, maybe tops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I love this. <laughs> but when she, when they go to school, and she, the, like the bell rings, and she tosses his fucking math homework away. <laughs> <Which one up? laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. Just like last minute, because she's all like flirting on Alistair, calling him a hunky boy, which will oh, come yeah. up. And, uh, because I like the Hunky Boy edition, you know, comes with all that cool shit. Oh, yeah. But, uh, of this film. But, uh, um, it was a Canadian release, but I, uh, I think it does play in 4K players. Um, just for people out there looking for the physical media. They had it for $50 at the Horrorcom, but you're going to buy it for 80 on the internet. Right. But, uh, or, or more. But, uh, that moment where she's flirting with Alistair hunky boy and he's not having it because he's like your sister's a psycho yeah right he's just a typical and, 12 year old yeah and she's just she's just adorable and mean and yeah just the bell rings she throws stuff and he's just like my math the way he says it oh my god <laughs> yeah. oh my god i loved it it's so it's so funny like i cannot go two minutes in this movie without laughing i mean exactly like, like it's you really fun it's so good. Like like you talked about, like they come in and they 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 meet PG and yeah, there's just there's body parts thrown all over the place. And then he starts talking all this dark shit. 
uh, but like they're just totally unfazed by it. And yeah, she's like, because she once she realizes that she can tell him what to do because the gem's glowing. She's like, okay, do jumping jacks. And then she's discussing, what should we name him? And, he, and then she's like, okay, I'm tired of that. Start clapping your hands. And then goes back to like, what about Tyrannosaurus Flex? You know, they're coming up with all these like cool kid names. Yeah. And then they're like, Psycho. And he's like, Goreman. That's it. Psycho Goreman. And then she acts like it was totally her idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she the, just like like it was her idea alone because it's so mimi of her. Oh, it's it's so mimi. Yeah, she just bossing this big scary guy who's like, I will bathe in your blood, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> like, shut up, and 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 he starts telling his stories. I'm from the planet Gygax. Oh, and she's like, God. this is boring. Shut up, <laughs> and then the story just stops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, While she's God. sitting there eating and judging the candy that she's eating. <laughs> I did. I laughed. Like, I had to pause the movie. I had to pause the movie. because Like, I was, belly laugh kind yeah. of shit. <laughs> I was laughing for a good five minutes because he's saying all this badass shit. Like, I'm the, I don't know, I forget what he says, like, the Duke of Nightmares or some shit like that. Yeah, the, I am the nameless, although some refer to me as, you know, I can't even remember because he's PG to me. I, but, yeah. And I've watched it so many times, you'd think I'd remember, but I'm Mimi, and I'm like, shut up, boring. Um... Uh, Anyway, let's get you some outfits. Yeah. <laughs> I wield unimaginable powers for your simple mind. Soon you will beg me for mercy, but you will only receive pain. And she's like, and, yeah, whatever. Go sit over there. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> and he's like, what is this? And Luke's, Luke's looking at him like, we are supposed to say who's there. And he's trying to tell them shit and threaten them. And she's like, you know, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Because he has to do what she fucking says. It's so great. Because, you know, I love how it's, you know, the you know the cover art and the poster, little girl, big psycho. She's both of those things. She fucking is. Like, she's the little girl and the big psycho. <laughs> like, I'm watching this. And, you know, you, you always have those lists, right? Like, who's your favorite final girl? Like, who's your favorite character? Right, right, right. Like, I'm fucking watching this movie. And Mimi has instantly, as except for maybe Ash Williams, has maybe jumped to the top of my fucking list of characters. She's walking up. I, I, I love her so much. Like, I she's do. my spirit animal. Not even, like, my spirit animal. Like, sh I'm the grown-up version of Mimi. Me and too. when I was Mimi's age, I was Mimi. <laughs> okay, no, I, I wasn't Mimi, boss. but I wanted to be. Yeah, I was. I, I'm very opinionated, as you know, and I'm a take-charge kind of gal, and and, you know, also very feminine and worried about my fashion and worried about, um, I want to get hearts and I want, we're going to, you know, we're just friends. You're going to fall in love, get married and fight a lot like mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys, again, um, if you don't like Mimi, go fuck yourself. No. Right. Like I don't, <laughs> but they find her obnoxious, but they're the same. And, and that's how I know to avoid those people because yes. they find me obnoxious. I'm like, about to lose so many listeners, in, right? I wear now. my hair in pigtails <laughs> a lot, but I had my hair in pigtails with the with the the bows and everything for that night. And I did, you know, like a really simple makeup look with like the cool sunglasses because I yeah. have many pairs of cool sunglasses as well. We'll get to that part, but oh, uh, yeah. So it was it was not a hard jump for me. I did not have to even 
change a part of my personality or my voice. Because I also, at the end of every episode, we always say, I love you. you we leave that in. But I'm always like, bye. Because like, oh, I do that. I'm always oh, like, hi, or bye. <laughs> yeah. That, oh my goodness. I, I was thinking that, like, when she said it. Because I totally forgot. I've seen this movie five or six times now. And I don't know what, what it was. But when I was watching it for the show, I, I forgot about that part of it. And I'm like, God damn it. There's got to be some way that I can fucking incorporate that. Because that is the best. That, that That's the best fucking thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. When he's threatening them. Like on, on their way out. And she's just like, okay, bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> but see, I actually do that. Like, so I had no idea that, like, I was going to watch a movie of me. Um, because I actually, that's how I talk. I talk, I, the only, like, regional dialect I have is a little bit of Valley Girl from the 80s, which is, you know, this has a very 80s vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always like, hi, bye, and I talk like that. I actually do. So it was, like, not a jump for me at all. All I had to do was dress up like her, and that's, I do that kind of anyway. That's so <laughs> That is so amazing like yeah i had no idea how much i needed this in my life but me either like i was forced into it and i was like why did i have to be forced into the very thing that i love and am right everything that i love is in this movie yes thing yeah so i'd seen not reviews of it because again like i am fucking amazing at avoiding spoilers so oh, i don't want um, sean is a fucking professional and me too. i'm even bigger professional because i won't even watch trailers yeah yeah, I've, I fucking avoid spoilers like I'm playing dodgeball or something. So, And I'm, I'm on social media all the time. That's why when I posted the other day uh, about X, I said, don't post spoilers on Twitter, dicks. Yeah. And then I and then I, I apologize that. for it a little bit as no, much no, as I don't. can. And a, a Mimi apology. Like I basically oh, knocked that apology out <laughs> and didn't actually say it. But and, and then Rob gets on there. He's like, don't apologize. Fuck them people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like, yeah you're correct. You're correct oh yeah I'm, I'm i'm with it yeah don't yeah don't fucking apologize why why shit. would people i'm gonna go on twitter and ha i have all these you know a thousand followers and i'm gonna tell them what ha what just happened in the new fucking episode of you know the mandalorian i'm like why would you do that right that's so fucking why stupid you, fuck you gotta have a code man you gotta have ethics yeah have some you people want to watch it and experience it for themselves exactly yeah so, man, I wanted to come out with the X episode, just like a little mini episode, but I didn't. Um, but I did talk about it all over fucking Twitter. But, yeah, I never went into it because that is that is a movie that if you go in blind. It, it, it's so much better. It is. But it, I mean, it, I, I, I had seen the trailer. Um, that was actually one where Sean showed me the trailer. Um, and I was like, hmm, I need to see this. Um, because the trailer doesn't give anything away. And it actually, it was one of the few trailers that impressed me. But I was like, I, I, I usually see all the new horror movies anyway. Right. So, because there's nothing like going to the, to the fucking movies and watching a horror movie. Like, they're they're just better there. But uh, I'm old school like that. But, um, yeah, with X, we were going to do that too, and we didn't. Because we did it with Malignant, We, you know, and with Halloween Kills. We we all watched that together on on like a Skype, and then yeah. we immediately recorded our episode, which is our second most downloaded episode. And I was so wrong about my facts; I was tired as fuck. 
But yeah, we watched it the the night it came out on Peacock, all of us together. You know, the night it premiered. Right. But uh, yeah. So I I, I saw X and I, we were gonna do something about it, and we're bad about uh on the show with spoilers. Mm-hmm. I always say like this is a spoiler full like when we did Scream the new Scream, I said we're dicks. Uh, we are. This is full of spoilers, but I do announce that. Like I don't tell anybody th- anything. Any, you know, like when I advertise it, I'm like, hey, because I'm our PR and marketing person too. I'm like, hey, this is all spoilers. There's yeah. no warning. You're gonna go into this, and we're just gonna talk about the fucking movie. So if you <laughs> haven't seen it, don't listen. If you don't care about spoilers or you've already seen it, enjoy. But right. you know, yeah. Oh. So yeah, this this episode at least for the first one, is definitely spoiler-free because we didn't get into that at all. But uh... Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we, we touched on a couple things, but, you know, there's still a whole lot of movie to enjoy. There's a whole lot of movie out there. But, uh, but you know, it's also an older film. It is. Um, I hate to say that about a movie that's younger than me, but it is. Um, but Psycho Gorman just came out last year. So right. if you haven't seen it, it's on fucking Shudder. Watch it. And yes. Shudder's cheap for so, streaming Depending on what Candy and I do from here on out, we may or may not spoil the shit out of this. Yes. Um, it just depends on how this I goes. Will. Okay, so she will. Um, it depends on what we end up talking about. But spoiler warning from now on, if uh, if you have not seen Psycho Gorman, please stop right now. Go check that shit out because it is... And thank us later. And thank us later, yes. <laughs> it is, it's, it's the best thing ever. And like, so... I don't know, and again, I've had I've had some alcohol this morning because I, I knew this was going to be a fun episode. But I was already pretty toasted by the time that I got that to to that movie, and <laughs> I mean it it became my favorite fucking movie of all time. I mean, not not literally. I mean, but it was pretty goddamn. It was my close. favorite movie of last year. I'll say yeah. that. That's safe. It, I don't know. Uh, Jacob's Ladder. I love Jacob's Ladder so, so much. Oh, that's a great fucking movie. Yeah. Wait, am I saying that I'm, right? Jacob's Ladder, yeah. No, not Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Wife. Jacob's Wife. There Jacob's we go. Jacob's Wife was my second favorite <laughs> film. We actually did a ghoul's night out on Jacob's <laughs> Wife. And you know how Sean edits them and it has like a quote of us saying something yeah. from the episode? And it was me saying, I'm here for my dick appointment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that's uh, not coming out, guys. That's staying in. Fucking Jacob's Ladder. Oh, Jacob's Ladder is a great film, though. That's a great film from nineteen ninety. Nice psychological horror film. My mom showed it to me when I was a kid, and I was like, "What the fuck, mom?" Yeah, from um, nineteen ninety. But yeah, I was trying to talk about Jacob's wife. So Jacob's and that's wife. Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton. Larry Fessenden. Um, they were to they were they also were in Your Next, um, together, but uh. Yeah, uh, Jacob's wife. It, it was all. I don't know if it is. It still on Shutter. Jacob's wife is on Shutter. Yes, right it now. still is. Okay. Oh yeah. Because it, it was when we did the episode last year. I didn't because because sometimes Shutter cycles through things pretty quick because they don't get the rights for very long. But um, that's why we don't have all the Joe Bob episodes. But because um, they they're gone quickly, right. the rights are, and um. But yeah, Jacob's Wife is is my second favorite film of last year, and it's a very close second because it's a great fucking movie. Yeah. So cheating, cheating, kind of. Uh, Jacob's Wife is my favorite. Oh. 
I love over psycho gourmet. Over psycho gourmet. It's I don't know. It's so hard. It is, uh, it's a difficult choice, but I have to say that the one I revisit more often would be Sego Gourmet. So okay, that's true. By de facto, yes. it is my favorite. Okay, that's true. valid. That's valid. The one that I go to But that's to just more, my judgment. That's just how I do things. The one I go to more is definitely Psycho Gourmet, but I, I love the commentary in, in Jacob's Wife. Oh, yeah. We really went into it in Ghoul's Night Out because there's it's, it's definitely a feminist film. It is. Yeah, it's so fucking brilliant. Um, and it's and got I, our queen, Barbara Crampton. So, yeah, of you course. know, like, she's great. And then somewhere in the mix is, and it's not a film, it doesn't count, but I count it, is Midnight Mass. Oh, my God. Midnight Mass was, oh, my God. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. I love Mike Flanagan. Um, like, my two favorite modern horror directors are Mike Flanagan and Ari Aster. Because uh, I like some long-winded shit, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Um, but um, Ari Aster is like, and they're totally different. But Mike Flanagan has a way to scare you and to make you cry. The right. whole last episode, I mean, and this is spoiler for Midnight Mass, so um, close your ears. Or... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, but the last episode, I cried the whole episode to the point where, like, like my throat hurt after it was over. Yeah. I cried that whole last episode. And Mike Flanagan does that because, like, the whole last episode of Haunting of Hill House, the whole last episode of The Haunting of Blind Manor, I fucking cried my eyes out. The He's, whole episode. He is a fucking genius. So I know. Like, he, he, we don't, he's the hero we don't deserve. Right. So Midnight Mass, I did. I cried. And I kind of talked to oh, Sean. Oh, God. I, I mean, my fucking chest hurt. My throat hurt. Like, yeah. the whole last episode you know, like that part where, uh, again, like I, I already warned about spoilers, but the part where uh, um, Annabeth Gesh's character, God, I can't think of the names right now, because um, I do that. I didn't make any notes on this. That's fine. I don't have that um, before me either, so. So, uh, but when she says, do you think the kids made it? And yeah. then, you know, they're like, I guess we'll never know. And she's like, I decided that they did. And right. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, so like, you know, you know what's going to happen, and yet you're still hopeful and you still want things. And then you know the the the, the performances are top fucking notch. Uh, they Rahul, are brilliant. Coley, who played, uh, he was in Honey of Blind Manor, and he played the sheriff in this. Yeah. God, his parts and just everything rips your fucking heart out. Everything. everything. I love how they, like, you know, the the minister is such an unlikable character in this. But that last episode, though. And then they twist it. Yeah. And then when he's like, it's not supposed to be about that. It's supposed to be about God. And I mean, I'm like 100% invested in that. And I'm right. just like crying just because it's so powerful. And and the, the scene, you know, the scenes between... Um, the sheriff and his son, you know, there at the end, you know, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I'm an easy crier, but, and I'm a heavy crier too. So like, I, I don't cry delicately. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like my flame is really good about that. But midnight mass blew me away. It did. So it... That was my favorite series of last year. Oh yeah. It was the best thing. Okay. It so was you... so great. It was the I best thing to come out highly. last year. And you know, so Sean and I got into it a little bit when we talked about Mandy and kind of, you know, the religious as aspect in that. I was going to bring it up here with Psycho Gorman, actually. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So what? Wait. All right. So now, now I'm curious. All right. What were you going to bring up? Well, I was going to bring up the the anti-Christian themes in this. Yes. So. And it I, does. It, and this is not a serious film. No. So it does it so flippantly. Yeah. It's it's very it's very subtle. It's it's very subtle, and so. When I when I talked to him, I talked about that. You know, well, oh yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah, you okay, cut up for okay, a bit. Okay, yeah, because right, he said my back. internet was unstable for a second. I don't know what the fuck went on. Usually, it's pretty good, but so I, I believe in like sort of. I guess you could attribute it to the teachings of Jesus: be kind to your neighbor, right? Shall inherit the earth. Uh, you know, turn the other cheek. Because I'm not a I'm not a real fighter. You know, yeah. I don't. And, and so I'm, and humanists are atheists who, you know, we don't. We think that, you know, we have to take care of each other. There is no higher power. We have to find a higher power within ourselves and go out and be kind and spread kindness and do good. And I do charity work and I do, um, you know, a lot of these things. I'm not trying to brag about it. And I, you, you know, I have my causes and, um, you know, I, I'm outspoken about them on my own show. But I, this is not your, you know, this is your show. But sure. the thing is, is that. You know, I'm an atheist, but I, I, I'm very tolerant. We have so many religions, you know. My, my brother's Buddhist. My husband's Buddhist. Oh, wow. Um, I did not know that. Well, not, he doesn't like, he's like me. We don't like to subscribe to yeah. any religion. I get he's it. very Buddhist in his ways of thinking and His philosophy, yeah. His philosophy, because Buddhism isn't really a religion. It's more of a philosophy. Sure. But, like, my, my aunt and uncle, they're Muslim, you know. Um, my brother is a Buddhist. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm an atheist humanism person, so, um, I don't believe in God, and I knew that, I, I'm, I'm Mimi, I, I've no, always known God, I knew when I was six <laughs> okay. years old that I need to leave the Catholic Church, but, um, uh, that's come a, from an Irish-Italian yes. family, so that's what, another reason why I'm so loud, because the only way to hear, get heard were loud people. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah, so uh, there's a lot of anti-Christian themes in this film, and, in this movie... What I love the most about it, and I know I'm jumping ahead, and I'm sorry about that, and and I'm, it's not really touching on anything specific, but I like how nothing is too nothing serious in this film, and there and there is no real lesson learned except for one thing we could talk about, but not really. Nobody really benefited or learned anything, and things just went on business as usual, and and you know like just like with Mimi praying wow. that part. Uh, but it's just, you know, trick question, the zebra print breaks the cross. But we also have that scene early on when we, when Mimi is letting um, PG tell some of his backstory where he, you know, the Templars are clearly the Christian church. Yes. And he crushes their, um, their golden cross. So it's a tie that, you know, between PG and Mimi, we get more and more of those. And, but it's also, like, very flippant about it. Like, it doesn't, it's like, this is a serious film about anti-Christian themes on how, you know, Christianity was, you know, actually the bullies of the religious community and blah, 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 blah. It's nothing like that. No, it's, it's not. Like, it's like, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very don't irreverent. Don't take it too seriously, and you're not going to learn anything. Um, there's no lesson to be learned in this movie. <laughs> Well, there is and there isn't, and I like. There's I, one. There's one thing, 
But it's yeah. it's like but overall when you have these types of movies at the end there's a heartwarming thing and somebody yes. changes their ways. Nobody fucking changes their ways. No. Well and, and and then they're even like, what do we learn from this? Oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what did it change? Nothing. But yeah, I mean I like I like how you brought that up. It, you know, and no, you don't learn a whole lot, but it does kind of give a little bit of subtle commentary on fanaticism. Yes, it does. You know, how that can, you know, what do we say about absolute power? It corrupts absolutely. Yes. I mean, um, and, and the Christian church is very much that way. I mean, think about the fucking crusade. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I say that uh, ironically. I didn't mean to say it, but you know, fuck. Um, yep. The Crusades, they were like fucking just massacring people. Don't believe in God? Well, die. And you're fucked. And you must believe in the Christian God. Right. So, yeah. Fuck it. Let's get into this. So, um... so they were also <laughs> bullies. Exactly. Love so bullying in this film. There is. There is. And it's yeah, when thing. like like I said, when I you know talk to Sean, give a little bit about my you know i was really i was raised in a very religious home um erica was too in, in, in a fundamentalist they wouldn't even let her go to school okay so it wasn't quite to that point but i mean we were still fundament, uh, fundamentalists so it was you were supposed to go to school but you were there to be the like emissary basically of god and right and, give the message and Erica's an atheist, and she's also into the most extreme, depraved shit. Sometimes too much, even a little bit for me. Oh, Although no. I can hang, I can hang. But that's what happens when you limit your children. And and she's clearly, you know, like I said, she's an atheist, and she's very extreme into horror and and rape revenge films. And that's what she once she got out into college, she was like, "Fuck all that." Yeah. They well, they kept her away from it, and that's why you don't limit your children like that. So I'm at the point in my life now that I am, obviously I am not subscribed to all that crazy shit. You know, I am. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. It's heavy handed. It's crazy. It, it is. And I, and I told, um, I told Sean when we were covering Mandy, like the, honestly, that kind of stuff triggers me. Not, not in a bad way to where I can't watch it or anything like that. Oh but, yeah. I know what you mean though. But to where I have flashbacks and, um, and Jeremiah in that movie of Mandy or, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, what is a uh, Pandora in this movie to where yeah, the, the leader of the Templars, right. To where I'm, I recognize people that I have known in my life in these characters as, oh, I bet. as, yeah. as crazy as that sounds. I mean, it's like off the wall. No, no I've met some of them. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, at this point in my life, I'm at what, I guess what you would call an agnostic to where I don't believe in God or, you know, I, I don't not disbelieve in God. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't know what's out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's safe. Uh, that's, that's good choice because I think, you know, as humans, the reason that, you know, our brains have evolved to the size that they are, and we have the capability of reasoning and questioning, we should absolutely reason and question things. And right. there's a lot within the church, with any sect of it, even, you know, especially Catholicism, it doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it um, doesn't. <laughs> it, it makes no fucking sense. Um, but I do feel very at peace in a Catholic church, though. Okay. You know? 
And it was nothing for me to get down on my knees and pray or say my rosary. I could still say my rosary from memory, but sure. Um, but it was just not for me. I did not agree. And, um, but to the point where, but, but see the other half of my family is Southern Baptist. Oh, and yes. They, and, and here's where my questioning point came in is like, same God, right? Okay. I mean, you but, would think so. It's supposed to be. It, yeah. It's the same God that's in Islam. The same, but any monotheistic religion, it's the same fucking God. So, it really is. <laughs> but uh, that's that's the point. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that the my grandmother, in particular, the Southern Baptist one, was like, because I'm I'm adopted Italian. I'm adopted into the the. I was Roman Catholic. Um, and my mom, you know, converted to uh to marry my adopted dad but uh not that he was much of a dad but uh the thing is is like my my grandmother would talk shit about the catholics and the catholics would kind of they didn't do it as much that i gotta be honest with you really shit on the baptists but the baptists fucking hate everyone well let me, especially southern baptists it gets real crazy in there uh, well you want to um, get into a conversation any kind of denominational faith talk shit about the other one whether you're talking oh, about yeah and it's like baptist pentecostal you're all Presbyterian. Christian. she's like well they practice idolatry so therefore they're blaspheming and i'm like well you know what when you start breaking down the whole reason the bible's broken down the way that it is is so people can fucking cherry pick it the people covered in tattoos talking about jesus i'm like um did you read your bible or were a woman wouldn't well, no, really pisses me off a woman's place is to be obedient to her husband i'm like oh, you're yeah. also not supposed to wear um pants fabrics which you clearly are in that shirt and uh you're not supposed to have tattoos uh so yeah. fucking piercings fucking yeah and and no piercings and they'll be pierced you know shaved head covered in tattoos preaching jesus to me in their blended shirts and telling me that i need to obey my husband i'm like fuck you uh, don't, i don't obey anybody don't get me started on the makeup candy i know and i wear makeup like a drag queen i spent too much time around <laughs> drag i don't you, you, when you get on my instagram you'll see some of my looks i do these like really crazy intense looks that's with, like, awesome five different shades of eyeshadow on but it looks really cool because right. i'm i've been doing this a long time i'm a oh. makeup artist we use top-notch ingredients okay um, and we're cruelty free but i mean it is professional grade like the same shit that you would buy at urban decay is, yeah um, I like the killer palette that came before it as well. We have some fun ones in there that the, for killers in movies that aren't slashers. So we had like a gin color for Wishmaster and shit like that. But slasher palette was our masterpiece. We really fucking enjoyed that one. But we've got some really cool shit coming out. And right now, uh, for a fundraising effort, I have the Candy the Final Girl palette out that I'm we're selling for thirty dollars. Comes with earrings that have to say Final Girl in like eighty style. Be perfect on Mimi. Um, and that we're so I've been trying to sell those uh, because we we just uh, went official, trademarked, licensed. Um, that's and we're fucking launching awesome. our site. Uh, Erica, that's what she does is she web builds, and that's about to debut. So we were trying to raise money for it, but I only sold one, and I'm oh, like, no. fuck. And that was a discounted price. Like I'm, it was just so I could give the money to her. Yeah. <laughs> the site but you know whatever we, we we fund everything out of our fucking pockets basically anything right. that we make goes right back into the company but that's a side note sorry but yeah makeup 
I love makeup. So guys, yeah, the whole the whole Christianity thing. I really loved how flippant they were about it and how it's like it's not heavy handed about no. a message. This film is not heavy handed about any message. Um, it's really just pure fun. But there are things, there are subtext in it that are worth thinking about. Right. You know, like like this, these anti Christianity messages. And you know, somebody could have watched it ten times and not gotten that. Yeah. Um, this movie is so fucking fun. Definitely. It's a fun ride. It's really like I always have a good time. I always fucking laugh. It's, but yeah, it's really great. I love that though. Like 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 you're saying, it's kind of like the hunt. Um, where I mean the hunt is a look it's it's a lot more heavy handed, but it's on both sides of the aisle. So it's like however you want to take this movie, you know, go ahead. Whereas this one is, yeah, you're right. It's a lot more subtle, um, but there are the things in there. And I, God damn it, I love that. There I love are that some so serious much. things, like even the parenting issues, um, I think are a real thing. Um, you know, even though they're handled in a funny way, there is a part where it, it does get crossover into seriousness, but not so much that it takes the fun away. Right. It's yeah, still that's... funny, but it's actually a serious matter. It's really well, well done when it comes to, because obviously these guys have an opinion, the one, you know, the people that have done this movie, but clearly, yeah, but, and I'm on board. Oh, I am too. I'm yeah. I'm 100% on board with the message of this movie, but you can take that any, any way that you want. And right. so, you know, if you're looking at this as just purely a stupid ass, you know, ridiculous film about, uh, crazy alien who just it kills everybody <laughs> i mean and it's hilarious <laughs> you can do it. yeah you can do it but there are the narratives there that you know do drive the plot and are underlying and are you know there for you to take hold of and that's what i i, I do like that i do love every single and that's what i've said this, and I this, like the, the the feminist message in it. I mean, not because I, I know that I'm a feminist and I do sure. I do my own feminist show, but I do want to say that the women are the powerful ones here. They are, yeah. So yeah, um, the mom. Who's the mom's name? I forget. Susan. So Susan, Susan becomes the yes. Power Ranger. <laughs> She's actually a stunt woman. Is she really? What else? She, what did she do? I didn't. Um, I can't remember the films that she's done, but she, this was her first like actually acting. Um, that's awesome not in not doing stunt woman but patricia tallman you know who was in night living dad 90 and um you know star trek and all a whole bunch of shit um she was started as a stunt woman like when in creep show 2 when um the girl comes out of the thing and she's covered and everything that's patricia tallman she did a lot of stunt work for george romero and then of course you know it just made sense for her to play barbara in the updated version so that's really we, neat. so i like it when these these stunt people make good look at kane hodder yeah kane hodder uh quentin tarantino does it as well with his and i, I forget yeah look at zoe bell I zoe bell that's who it is love zoe bell yes yeah zoe bell another, another stunt woman makes good like she's an actress now too but still does stunt work yeah she started out in uh death group i think was no get, kill bill she was uh the stunt woman for uma thurman Right, but I'm saying like her first acting. Oh yeah, her first acting role, and she was acting as herself. Right, and what? doing, and she actually did the stunts with the belts, like for real. That, yeah, that that really happened. 
That's just insane. There is no way you're going to strap Cause me to like, a damn car. Because Quentin was like, well, we need to get a stunt person in here. She's like, I am a stunt person. I got this. Right. I'm like, that's badass bitch right there. I love it. Yeah, Zoe Bell is fucking amazing. I loved her in Malignant, her, her part in that. She's like, what the fuck? Oh and my we were God. like, the most unbelievable part in Malignant is where anybody kicks Zoe Bell's ass. Yes, exactly. Now, oh my God. You want to talk about Malignant? Malignant is fucking amazing. That was pure fun. Oh, it was. The, it like, was the, pure fucking fun. The first 30 minutes of that movie, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, because I thought we were going to get some kind of supernatural thing, and then it just, like, turns it on its head and is like, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to give you the craziest storyline. And I'm like, I am here for this. Yes. When you get that reveal, like, and stuff just starts going ape shit at the fucking police station and all oh, well, yeah, i mean great, you get the reveal you, you, know, you see those arms go and you're just like oh shit oh my goodness 2021 was it's it's we so had some, we had some real fucking heroes in 2021 we fucking did you we know had what? some I, great content that's, a, that's like was... oh i guessed the twist and you know what so the fuck did i once yeah. she cracked her head and shit started happening i was like i already figured this out but it's okay because well, they kind of show us at the beginning of the movie, but, um, but it didn't bother me. But it bothered a lot of people. I'm like, oh, here's a fucking cookie. You figured it out. Yeah. You didn't have fun. I had fun. Yeah, get over yourself. I mean, like, honestly. quit taking yourself so goddamn seriously. This, those are the people that go around looking all unhappy and shit. I know, right? As I figured out the twist. Yay, you win. I don't know what to tell you. Like, enjoy the fucking movie. Yeah. So, for instance, I figured out the who the killers were in Scream within about, the Scream 2022, within about five minutes. Oh my uh, God, yeah, me too, immediately. Yeah. and But it, it didn't ruin it for me, and I am no. not a fan of the Scream movies. It's not a secret. Right, me either. Um, but I actually like this one, because it was less Nev Campbell. I like her, but I'm sick of fucking Sydney. You know what? I'm uh, just sick of everyone in the world trying to fucking kill this bitch. Exactly. I'm but, sick of it. What I will say, what I will say, I, and I did, I like this one probably more than anyone, and it's gone up for me. So guys, don't come for, don't come for me when when you saw my original oh, post. I always tell them to come at me. I'm like, come at me, bitch. But uh, this movie's I'll argue you down. <laughs> this movie's definitely come up for me. So this is now my second favorite in the franchise. Me and, too. Yeah. Me too. So everybody else is like, no, but Scream Two, and I'm like, fuck Scream Two. Fuck Scream Two, yeah. It's, fuck it's, that fucking it's, movie. It's boring. Scream Two is boring as shit. Well, Scream Two, Scream Three, Scream Four. It's the same shit, rinse, repeat, boring. And the ties to kill Sydney are so tenuous at best. Right. At least there's a fucking fucked up reason in the first one, and then in this movie, um, well, you have to hear our review. I won't spoil all that, but um. You know, because that that's still relatively a newer movie, but I I actually liked it. I and and the gore was great. It was very Jalo of it, and uh, yeah, because slashers are born out of Jalo. I'm kind of the resident Jalo expert around, um, because I actually fucking know Italian, but um. I just, I, I love Jalo films, and that's where slashers were born. And we get really good Jalo and stuff like, you know, in the 80s, like uh, Sleepaway Camp is a good Jalo film, actually. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought Scream 2022 had the gore, and it had that Jalo aspect. And it was very, even though you guessed who they were, they did things that didn't make some sense, but it was still, I still enjoyed it. 
I did too. Yeah, the ending. And was... I was surprised because I went into it expecting to hate it because I don't like scream movies. I don't much. either. I'm I'm with you. The I'm first scream... one's, you know, it's it's fair, and it's mostly because I fucking stand Rose McGowan, but um, or Matthew Lillard. Uh, that's what I was about to say. My two favorite characters get killed in the first fucking movie. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of Randy fans, um, and because they're like Randy is us, and I'm like that's true. I like to think I'm a little bit of Tatum. Yeah, but, I'm I'm a little Matthew Lillard. I'm a little I'm I'm a little bit out in the left field, kind of. I actually uh, thought Matthew the, Lillard was a much more menacing killer because he didn't even have a fucking reason. No, he was just insane. Yeah, you know, Billy Loomis at least had some fucked up psycho. You know, he, clearly they're both sociopaths, yeah. but had a, had a reason. Matthew Lillard's like I, I fall under peer pressure. I'm like, oh, pressure. you were the best villain, yeah. and he's pressure, a delightful, wonderful sensitive. man too. Oh, he is. He's so nice. And he's so cute. He's I don't know. Treasure. I don't know how to We were just talking him. about him Thursday. Oh, wait. Thursday, you guys are talking about Matthew Lillard? Yeah, well, it's the House of Screams, and Matthew Lillard came up when we were talking about Freddie. Um, oh, okay. Ken had just gone to uh, uh, Horror Hound in Cincinnati. Horror Hound doesn't happen in Indy because uh, it's the big, of the big five, it's the Midwest one. Because, like, out on the East Coast, where we went to our first Monster Mania last month, it, it's Monster Mania. And, you know, there's Texas Frightmare for the South. You know, like, it goes, it has, they're regional. And so we get Horror Hound, but Horror Hound comes in September here. And I'm going to be really pissed if Tom Atkins doesn't fucking come here because he's torn with Horror Hound for the 40th anniversary of Halloween 3. The whole cast does. Yeah. But, uh, but it's always a, a birthday present for me because my birthday's in September, so... Oh, that would be the but yeah. So he's just because Matthew Lillard is also doing the tours on right. Horror Hound, and I'm like, if you don't fucking come here, dude, I swear. But he was um, Ken had just come from there, and he was talking about Matthew Lillard. That's how he came up in a Freddy conversation. Okay, <laughs> okay, I get it now. I get Not it now. to mention the Wes Craven connection. Yep, yeah, absolutely, yep. Because we were talking about the blueprint for Scream, which was Freddy's, you know, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare was new nightmare. First Wes Craven's uh, blueprint for Scream. Like, oh, meta-horror. I like this. Yeah, I, oh my goodness. I love that one so, so much. And I honestly think that one's, that one's scarier than a lot of the other ones that came before it. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely, um, yeah, that'll be coming out really soon. So you'll hear our thoughts on it. Um, and as usual, none of us fucking agree on it. So. Of course. No, well, and it is. It's, I mean, that one's pretty polarizing comes to the horror <laughs> well, people so, either love freddy in it or they hate freddy in it so it's exactly. just like the usual shit you got your people who love it people who hate it you never get anybody in the middle everybody's so goddamn opinionated i'm like that's a good thing but like sometimes shut the fuck up True. coming from somebody who never shuts the fuck up but i try to be pretty positive i do too but you know what just guys just sit back and enjoy the ride uh, you don't and have to get don't so enjoy the ride appreciate the fact that others do like exactly. I, I'm not the biggest Scream franchise fan, and I don't understand the appeal and why everyone's so obsessed with it. But I can appreciate it. If that's your thing, do your thing. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Can't Freddy. Yes, I, I have my favorites, and I have those that I don't care for as much. You know, oh, I don't have go. My plenty of hot takes, like my hate for the Monster Squad people. I'm like literally like, please stop throwing things. I hate The Shining. Um, and oh people, no. People, no. oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody hates me for that one. And I'm just like, you know what? Just appreciate that I don't like it. I'm with Stephen King on this one. The book's scarier. 
and Stanley Kubrick has a fucking had a fucking oh. ego. And um, he's like, I'm going to take this really great source material and shit all over it. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I had this conversation with Ian uh, because, yeah, uh, Stanley Kubrick is a fucking dick. And so I kind of. Oh, yeah. Talk- I and mean, we talk about Hitchcock a lot on my show. And we're talking about, like, you know, sometimes you got to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, was, I was just talking about, like, so I understand, and I do, I love the show. I really do. However, um, show I like me the, the book. book. I'm a I'm a big reader because obviously I was an English major and literature in particular. I read nonstop, and we do have book discussions on my show. We're going to be doing the Dark Tower series, the whole fucking series, and Stephen King uh, runs his mouth like I do. So they're long fucking books, but I've read them a million times. I read really fast. I can read a book in like a day. Yeah, I. If it's so, a Stephen King book, two days. I can't do that. I, you know, and but I've never. It's it's just one of those skills that I have. My mom has it too. Sean reads so slow, but it's like yes, average pace. I don't do it on purpose. People think I skim. I'm like I just read really fast, and I don't mean to do it because I would love to prolong the experience of enjoying. Like me- I reread books a lot. Like Memoirs of a Geisha is one of my favorite books of all time, and I want to prolong the experience, but I just read so fast. Yeah. The whole story's already happened. And I'm like, damn it, I want to do that some more. Yeah, I I don't know. I I love I I love the shiny, but I've never read the book either though. So <gasps> oh my god, it's so scary. It, unlike the film, it's actually scary. It's and, and and when you see the glaring source material differences, which I gotta say Mike Flanagan, you fucking hero, he righted the wrongs of The Shining and Dr. Sleep. Yeah, Dr. Sleep was... Not to spoil the book for you, and it doesn't exactly do that when I say that, but read the book and, and you'll thank me, because it's, it's actually one of his shorter books, and it's a great ride. It's actually fucking really scary. His books give me nightmares, and that's great. I love it. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Sleep was... I, I enjoyed that, but I, I like the fucking film. Oh my god! Here we go again. All right, so back to <laughs> back to Psycho Gorman. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness! All right, so I'm I have up a your feeling. Whole day. No, you're fine. So I have a feeling that if we do not just goddamn rate this film, that we're gonna be here all fucking day long. So this is true. Yes, this is true. So guys, please forgive me. We we didn't we covered very little of either film but you know what that makes more enjoyment for you if you're not a spoiler person go enjoy the films we're just telling you how great they are and go watch them exactly it's a win and we got a lot of cool conversation in between we sure did we sure did so i'm trying to think if i had i think i had a point i wanted to make um there just the comedy in this is top notch the gore in this top notch i love one in our episode we talked about when um, Psycho Gorman's like uh, cronies show up, but they, yeah. you know, want to stab him in the back. But mm-hmm. I love the one that's just a tub of body parts and its only <laughs> power is to shoot blood. Yeah. I'm like, that is the best thing. I, I want a fucking toy of that. That's I want the so... figure to go next to my fucking Night Living Dead set and my fucking Joe Bob sets and all those and my NECA Freddy's, of course. But, um, you know... Um, I, I'm like, I want that fucking toy. I want that to be a toy. All it does is shoot blood. It's full of body parts and blood. That's all it does. 
Yeah, and it doesn't harm so anyone. Dumb. The blood's not even special. It's just no. blood. <laughs> it's great. It exists only to exist. Um, but uh, also, I like at the end, because since we're getting ready to go to ratings, I'm going to jump there. Um, you know, where she blows the kiss to Psycho Gorman. He's like, I don't need him anymore. I'm going to take this love that I found from Mimi. Because, you know, they... She she teaches him about love because she's all like romantic and feminine, but also like a big bully and into gore and all that. You know, totally right. me. But you know, she blows him the kiss and he catches it, and he's like, "I'm gonna take this love that I found, and do what I was meant to do: destroy the world, destroy the galaxy." <laughs> and so you know he, you know she doesn't even ask for everybody else to be spared, just her idiot family. Just her family. Then it says strictly idiot family. Yeah, and then I like as they're describing it on the news, the giant man who's destroying the world is described as dickless and terrifying. <laughs> like if you read the scrolling news ticker tape, you know, like on on what it's supposed to be like CNN or whatever, it says dickless and terrifying, and I'm like, I die every time. Yeah, I'm like dickless. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. Dickless and terrifying. And and then and then we have that last scene where Alistair's parents calm down to dinner. And he's still that fucking brain monster. Yeah. And there's just like this awkwardness of him trying to eat and then it goes to the credits. And it's... also the the frig off song. It's great. Oh yeah. Um, I sing. I love to sing because you know I was a singer and I'm always going around like, you know, I'm the heckin' best. You know, <laughs> it's a great song. I love it. Yeah, I tried to find the lyrics to it um, so I could talk about it, but I couldn't find the Break lyrics. Off. To it. <laughs> but it is. It's so good. And that they—that's the song when he's like, "You've never apologized to me, Mimi," and she sings that to she him, just and they all get it. all heartwarming about it. Greg, yeah. the loser fucking dad, and even Luke, who's asking her for an apology, and she's singing "Frig Off" to him. Yep, I'm the heckin' best. <laughs> Frig off, and they're all heartwarmed by it. Even Psycho Gorman, he starts singing along, and I'm like, "This is the most ridiculous shit." But anyway, so I wanted to touch on just some of my favorite little moments really uh, quickly before we rated. Yeah, it's it's so good. Like I said, this is this is one of my favorite movies. It's so much fun. But yeah, a, no matter what kind of mood you're in, you're in a good mood when you're done. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, so straight up belly laughs in it. On a scale of one to five giant purple naked man how many are you giving this film ah uh, i have to give it five giant dickless purple men <laughs> <laughs> i i'm right there with you it is a five out of five for me it does there not is not one thing wrong with this movie <laughs> there really is not it's it's so good the characters the comedy and they, the, the comedic timing they have is really good it's the honestly the subtle commentary like we uh went off the rails with it's it's all so fucking good so yeah like it doesn't detract from the comedy it doesn't take itself too seriously despite you know there being some themes of like 
you know, the mom doing all the work and, you know, like feminist issues. You know, the, the women have the power, except for Pandora is a bitch and you're just glad when you know they do the sword fight she's like nothing can defeat my holy blade and yeah. he's all like i'll get a sword of my own and starts ripping her body parts off then creates this like meat sword i'm like yeah. oh god yes yeah it's oh man it's so good i love this film so much oh well we made it through somehow we we, somehow. Made it to we talked about everything but the movies which is you know typical for me yeah <laughs> Two awesome movies covered, uh, or, you know, kind of, anyway, but, you know. They were like previews. Exactly. Recommendations. There you go. It was. And I gave them both a five because, yeah, like when you, when, with our original double bill, uh, you, you suggested school, you know, you said school's a topic and I immediately was like, Night of the Creeps. Because that's what I think of because it all takes place at the university. And right. you had that death bell and I was looking at that, I'm like, well, so we're going to do funny and serious or you know, whatever, something that's not so serious and something, you know, more serious and sinister. And then it was like, well, I couldn't find that one. So, which is rare for me. That's the first time I think ever in the history of me doing any podcast that I couldn't find a movie. But um, I know that some of the Asian horror is a little hard to get your hands on. It is. I do have a, a more direct pipeline to Japanese stuff. I don't have any Korean connections. So, um, yeah, but... Uh, when you when you had to like amend it to something and you pick psycho gorman i'm like oh my god so i can't compare them because they're both so great um that's why i had to give them both a perfect score and uh yeah so obviously high recommendation from me and and i mean that like from the heart and you know from the laughs and and everything else it's it's just great shit yeah there is nothing wrong with both of these movies. They're so fucking good. And, and they make a great double bill. Like, and you know, start out with Night of the Creeps, end with Psycho Gorman, or flip it around like I did, you know? It, it, it's still a great double bill. They are. Yeah, it's, it's perfect together. Yeah, you are going to have a good night if you, if you throw these two on. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. That's a great fucking, like, Friday night kind of thing. Absolutely. All right, well, that's, that's it, guys. That is... Uh, podcast oh, you one quick question no yeah go ahead are you hoping that on this season of uh the last drive-in that they show psycho gorman that and halloween three well we, we're not gonna get halloween three i know we're not diana said that already and, i know because joe bob's like i already did it on monster vision i'm like that doesn't count yeah it does but it doesn't i know uh, i know we're we not gonna it again get it. because diana is the only person who well, I mean, she obviously, I mean, a lot of people love Tom Atkins, but she's in love with him like I am. Yeah. So that's something we bond over. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for, I know we're not going to get Halloween 3, so I'm hoping for Psycho Gorman. That would be amazing. Yeah, I would. And to hear his commentary on it, because that just makes everything better. I want to hear what <laughs> Joe Bob has to say. And exactly. Joe Bob is the king of going off the rails, like I'm the queen of it. So I, I want to see where he goes with that. Yeah, I, I man, I would be here for it. That would be so much fun. So here's hoping because it is on Shutter. You know, it's right. a Shutter exclusive uh, with Psycho Gorman. So let's let's all cross our fingers and toes. Exactly. You we don't have to buy the rights for it. Yeah, it's already there. Yep. All right. One more time, Candy Final Girl. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Um, I'll make it easier this time. Just go sure. to my link tree. All the links uh, to buy House of Scream stuff. Uh, to support our podcast, which you can do for 99 cents a month, 
or other denominations. Um, it helps us buy equipment, pay for our Zoom fees, blah, 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 blah. Insert here and help because um, some of us, uh, almost all of us have professional um, mics and stuff, but some of us do not. And we're trying to fix that because there's a lot of us. So any support is greatly appreciated. But it's all my link tree, link tree slash candy, the final girl. Absolutely, guys. Again, go check all that out. They are an amazing podcast. They're doing amazing Thank work. You. And you are going to have so much fun, I promise you. I absolutely love the show. I dig it. So I appreciate that so much. And you've been a longtime supporter of ours. And I, I appreciate that so much, just that people want to hear what we have to say and, and have a good time. That's the most important thing because we're having good time. And yeah. we want others to as well. You know, that's the big message from Palace of Screams. We want you yeah. to have fun. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what we're all about here as well. Um, until next time, guys, stay scourged.